Thanksgiving dinner, we put on the uh, the Lawrence Welk Thanksgiving special, and very oh, early. Come in here. And very early on, I got super annoyed because I'm gonna kill this fucking turkey. They had like, you know, they have a song like uh, they had a song about like welcoming folks to their house for dinner. Perfect. Yeah. But then everything became like Winter Wonderland. Let it snow, and it became just Girl. like. Thanksgiving, what it became, what Thanksgiving is, which is just like a prequel to Christmas. A pause. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a cool off match, but yeah. before Christmas, you know, you have, a, like yeah. a, the great Halloween opener. Yeah, and then like the crowd is hot, but they're tired, so you so you walk out Thanksgiving <laughs> here and for Thanksgiving here's where everyone here's goes to the bathroom, and, and then and for Thanksgiving <laughs> Paul White versus Q T Marshall. Right yeah. before, yeah, yeah. Exactly. no, it's the seventh inning stretch of holidays. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the real like uh, when you go to like a basketball game and during timeouts they have like the dance contest or you wave your towel around and you're like I I simply must go piss I cannot I cannot <laughs> yeah uh, for for Thanksgiving I, dinner I I went around and I told everyone at the table what celebrity I thought they looked like and I held up a picture next to them. <laughs> Uh, and uh, just to, you know, see what the reaction was, and they mm-hmm. waved their shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. a good Thanksgiving dinner. You go, you go around the Thanksgiving dinner, like putting on the kiss cam. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And it's like, listen, my epic clap back to anyone who's like, "What happened to celebrating Thanksgiving?" Shut up! What are you talking about? When have you ever lived in this country where we had like real Thanksgiving decorations outside of like your classroom door in <laughs> elementary school? <laughs> Where you made like a hand turkey that was up for a week. Like what? Yeah. There's no Thanksgiving song. Are you gonna listen to Alice's Restaurant? How many times are you gonna listen to Alice's <laughs> Restaurant? It's so long. It's, not... it's so long. <laughs> there's just well, there's not there's no like aesthetic. No, the one aesthetic to Thanksgiving is fall. That's it. It's just yes, it, it's, it's, it's brown and orange. Uh, you know, and then there's... there's one night where you have a nice dinner, but you're like, yeah. These are foods I could make literally any time. <laughs> like, I can make green yeah. bean casserole whenever I want. And I do. You know, there's a an extended recording of Alice's Restaurant where, is it Arlo how? Guthrie who did yeah, that? It's Arlo, it's Arlo uh, Guthrie. And did he use, like, how many how many tapes did he run through? Well, <laughs> uh, change the magazine in the studio. He makes a, he makes a joke. <laughs> he makes a joke in the extended recording. That uh, perhaps the missing 18 minutes from the Watergate tapes were a recording of Alice's Restaurant. <laughs> and why do I bring that up? Because Rich Little Talent brought it up <laughs> in I, Rich Vern, Little's Christmas Carol. Vern, your review of this, of that movie, was truly incredible. Because I'd never seen anyone go from... 
who took Grinch in 14.5 <laughs> hours? Like not even 24 hours had passed in December and Vern is completely sick of the whole month. Yeah, you like did a speed run of an anime villain origin story. Like you you were born and then your village was destroyed and then suddenly it was like, I'm pissed. Vern, Vern, you sound prepared to pave over the town ice skating rink to put up a a landfill. Yeah, you, Vern watched one rich little Christmas carol and was like, we're destroying the community center. It's going to be a bank. That's right. I don't care how much money it takes. I'm going to kill Frosty the Snowman. The Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, that's kindling. Normally we do the, we we normally we do the plugs at the end of the episode, but I, I guess now is a good time to say that uh, next time you'll see me, I'll be a Two slugs. Vern's going to plug two slugs into Santa Claus's heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next time you'll is s- about to start working for the pound and he's going to walk around with a big net in a, a kid's movie net. about a dog. Yeah. And gonna you're going to be, you're the most evil person a child can imagine. I'm going to be the next, I'm going to be the villain in the next movie that Justin picks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just like, I feel like we were talking about before we started recording, we were talking about Disney. And I feel like Disney and Christmas are, two things that like you're buying the brand name more so Mm -hmm. than you're buying like you know you you see there's a vast swath of movie going public that sees like disney on a movie poster and they're like oh that'll be good Mm -hmm. without you know like without any kind of and i think before they went woke before they went woke (laughs) of course and go woke go broke and of course you know disney is uh, you know, like they're closing up shop everywhere because they went. Uh-huh. Disney they, is a communist company and they don't like making money. This is what no. a very large contingent of people online will tell you is true that the Walt Disney Corporation uh-huh. Uh-huh. hates <laughs> earning money. It, it literally makes more sense to say Disney is Satanist than communist. <laughs> but I feel like Christmas is one of those things where, like, we can put Christmas in the title. We can put a Christmas like bow on this thing, mm-hmm. and and then we can write off. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. can write off a lot of it because it's Christmas. Yes. And I. You can sell this movie to the Hallmark Channel. You can sell it because it says Christmas. Yes. And I just like there's no amount of, and I this is something I've been talking about with uh, my wife uh, for a couple months now because. Uh, we've been going through because she's pissing me off with all her damn jingle bells of all her damn fucking reindeer. We've been going through and revisiting a lot of early Tim Burton. This started when Pee Wee passed away. Uh huh. He passed away under suspicious circumstances. Under suspicious circumstances, he passed Mm -hmm. away right before Halloween. So like Beetlejuice entered the picture. But my my wife and uh, her friend that were staying with us, like they did Nightmare Before Christmas. And they asked me like a Harry Selleck joint. Uh, hit, yes, uh, but uh, he gets it gets it gets caught up in the Tim Burton thing. Yeah, uh, it, is, I, it is technically called and usually sorted alphabetically under T for Tim Burton. Yes, Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think Christmas is a very overpowering ingredient in any kind of dish. Whenever mm. I see Gremlins, like I, I can't be a person who watches Gremlins on Halloween because of that. Like, it, you know, like the second scene in the movie is 
a snowy town set to Darlene Love's baby uh, Christmas baby please come home. I think like mm-hmm. Christmas is an overpowering ingredient and I think a lot of people use the ingredient of Christmas to cover up dog shit. They try to yeah. use it to cover yeah. up dog shit. They and instead like, of cleaning again, up the dog shit, they again, they, spray, the they they spray the Christmas scent over it and there's no like, amount of Christmas scent that covers up fucking like 15 minutes into a rich little Christmas that's like him coming out of Groucho marks. Like doing, I, I'm, I was just like. No, Bert, yeah, it was it's, so much longer into it than 15 it's minutes. It's like in my, my middle school basketball locker room where the boys would not wash off and would just spray themselves down with Axe body yeah. spray. Yeah. So it's well, just, it's, it's just an intermingling of, of, <laughs> odors now it yes. doesn't cover anything up it's now just someone smells like mm-hmm. two things but it's you're right two yeah. separate stinky christmas odors. christmas is like uh a, a garlic you know if you mm-hmm. if you or put bacon. like a judicious scoop of garlic in something you are now eating garlic like it now and the whole thing is sometimes garlic. like when you use christmas as like when you use christmas as a, an ingredient like correctly I think you can get some really tasty dishes. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of Christmas stuff that I just, you know, really enjoy. Like every year we do Christmas vacation. I watched Batman Returns for the first time in a long time and I loved it. It was the most I ever enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, just December, it's been a, it's been a, a long year. I'm a little tired and just like rich little on Chris on December 1st was like biting into a clove of garlic. Oh, yeah. Someone's like, it's a yeah. Christmas apple. <laughs> and it was <laughs> a clove of garlic. A Vidalia onion. Yeah, and it was it's just a like, Christmas apple. And I was like, I can't do this right. I can't, I can't do this right. <laughs> just, just, like, just the papery skins of the garlic club, of the garlic bunch just like pouring from your face. Exactly. And it's just like, I, 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 I just, I, and you know, like we'll, 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 we'll get into whoosh, spoiler country. That's from another. Podcast. We're only just getting started, baby. Uh, We're only just forming up. We'll, we we'll get stay here. It's spoiler later, country. But like, I've, I've I've backed like we are now in a we we are away from Grinch territory. We're still closer to Grinch territory than we are Who territory, but we've since uh we've since stepped away from the Christmas ledge, uh due to and it's icy. You better fucking watch out. Yeah, due to another holiday special that we watched. But yeah, I just uh. I feel like Rich Little is the main event, so I don't want to talk too much. About yes, of course. Yeah, he. We're definitely doing that one last uh, oh, for a hundred, hundred percent. I would say perhaps Vern. There's coal at the bottom of this stocking, folks. Indeed, and we, oh, we can't wait. You know, fuck candy canes, fuck Ferrero Rocher chocolates. We are, we are working our way slowly to to the coal at the bottom of this of this stocking. But I would say warm this winter. Exactly. But for me, I was a a Christmas doubter for a very long period of my life. I think it had to do with loneliness and depression. I don't know. It could be anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, It could mm -hmm. be associated with bad family memories. You know, there was there was no way to enjoy Christmas without someone. I don't know. Vaguely dad shaped, just like ruining my (laughs) mental health for like a month straight. (laughs) Just like by spending a day with him, you know, just like someone. 
I don't know, who like looked and sounded exactly like my dad, just like <laughs> wreaking emotional havoc on me for most of my life. So I was not, I I was, I hated those Who's in Whoville, baby. I was, I, you know, I, I wanted to chop up Santa's sleigh. Like, let's, you know, get rid of this guy. I was it's very like, oh. hard when you have like, prolonged and consistent mental health struggles especially when there are mental health struggles that are either brought on or exacerbated by the world around you yeah it's very hard to like be in your head being like i fucking hate this with the soundtrack being it's the most wonderful time christmas is like a front-facing holiday where it's like you're supposed to have joy you're supposed to have like a, a incredible like goodwill and and feel warm and happy you know right. like the, the 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 what is the meaning of christmas you know the idea that christmas has meaning but if you're at a point where like nothing has meaning and, and, and christmas yeah. is like public enemy number 1 the the, <laughs> the the stretch from like halloween to valentine's day if you are in a bad mental health place is like Vietnam, baby. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's the, 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 if you're the, in a bad place. The way I like to think about it is there are 364 days out of the year where, like, you really don't have any kind of opinion about having to do a load of laundry. There are 364 days where, like, you don't, like, you could this really, you like, do. it's just whatever if you have to do laundry that day. But if that falls on your birthday, you're like, oh, I gotta do laundry for my fucking birthday. Like it has that kind of like where normally you don't give a fuck, I gotta, but like, I gotta take a shit today. This I have sucks. to take a shit on my this birthday. Sucks. Like <laughs> Christmas. I have to wipe on my birthday. God, yeah, my, Christmas my adds, dog is being an asshole on Christmas. Don't they know it's Christmas? They Christmas adds <laughs> twenty five, at least twenty five days of that to the calendar of like, I've got to do this fucking shit. It's Christmas. And that's why I get a little frustrated with the Thanksgiving thing. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't, uh, Kevin, I'm, I'm with you as someone like, I have a, a very, uh, touch and go relationship with the holiday season or it's just like, I'm like, or some, there's been some years where I'm like, can we, can we please just keep this in the margins of December? Can we please like, can we right. please just keep this in the margins of December? Like, can we do do we really have to listen to this music again on December 26th? Do we does, have to does, you know must like, WrestleMania go on for 4 months, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to WrestleMania, but do we got to start talking about it on January 1st? You know, it's 4 <laughs> months away, right? Like it's it's a fucking it is what it is. I think now I'm in like a better place in my life generally in in most respects the than than I have been in some years past and like Christmas has become a nice balm. I I yeah. like last episode. I I improvised the term, but I've been thinking about it a lot. But like Christmas boring mm-hmm. of like things that I wouldn't normally engage with or enjoy, but like because it's about sleigh bells and there's pretty lights and, and nice trees. I'm like, ah, this is not you know like the music of Nat King Cole is not something yeah. I for myself. 
generally. I'm not, he he did not make my Spotify wrapped Nat King Cole. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but around Oh, he made mine. Listen to the chestnuts roasting on an open fire. For Justin, he was number five. Like number one was like the Andrew Sisters number. No, 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 no. Number one was Stephen Foster. No, of course, Stephen Foster, and then like the Boston Pops Orchestra. I I gotta run all night, and I gotta run all day. Yeah, Justin's fucking number one Spotify artist was like Sousa, the, the, the best. My number one on the my Spotify wrap up was the best spoons player in all of America. Exactly. Justin listens to the Monster Mash almost exclusively. <laughs> um, but um, but but you know, but around Christmas, or you're like it's cold, you've got a warm beverage, and you're like, I just kind of want to like close my eyes for a little bit. You know, like mm-hmm. Nat King Cole hits or like old Christmas specials that are kind of boring or like very <laughs> nice. Something that like it's kind of, kind of a similar way to why I like old Westerns of like mm-hmm. if I fall asleep in the middle of this, it's really not going to matter. I'm going yeah. like, to whenever I wake up, I'm going to know exactly what's going on. No, um, I do think nice is a very good way to describe it because nice, nice doesn't like necessarily nice mean good but there's something comforting about nice like there is something soothing about nice it's just it's like nice is the feeling you get when you like when it's cold in the morning you have like your cup of coffee and it's the feeling of the hot cup in your hands and that warmth spreading like up your wrists like that's that's nice the coffee could be shit it could be very bad coffee but the warmth from the mug is nice I adore, I adore a holiday cozy. And that can probably be seen in the the my selection for holiday specials. Too true. I, I enjoy a holiday cozy. I love that like sitting around a like kind of dark room, like just mm-hmm. being warm and cozy, you know, just the only illumination being like holiday lights and everything. But it's the uh mm-hmm. it's the other holiday stuff that like sometimes whenever it comes to the end of the year i just simply like don't have the patience for like it's the holiday season and because of these squares on the calendar i now uh, have to stand in the uh, post office for a long time holding stuff that's like not heavy but it's heavy to hold for like 40 cumbersome you know yeah and to like to hear everyone around you just like Unfucking believable. <laughs> we, we got fucking. Are you serious? They got this many people working here. Unfucking believable. You know, like forty yeah. minutes. Oh, yeah. At like. That's gonna. That's gonna fuck with everybody. It's just, it's I, can't, just unpleasant. I can't do it. Like that's a. That's the kind of stuff that like sours a lot of the holiday season for a it's, as it, a, as Mr. Grinch said, it's the noise, noise, yes, noise. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. I um uh, uh uh I've I I I've gotten around to the the post office debacle by making just a sort of unofficial agreement with everyone in my life of like I'm not gonna get you anything, you're not gonna get me anything, <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna be nice. You know, let's talk on the phone. Let's grab a drink or something. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not. We we can both save ourselves mm-hmm. from the yeah. well, the post office in December. That's, that's a reasonable. It, it, it's the dentant of expectations. It's <laughs> yes. I get my family 
Christmas presents whenever it is that I end up in Missouri, you know, and that might be Perfect. May. Uh, <laughs> but like, but you, that's when you get it. When I'm coming through, uh, you get a nice little surprise in May. Cause we can just, we can just both avoid this. And that's, and that's, we don't have to do this. We don't have to do this. No one's making us do this. And I no. think that's fine. That's fine. That's totally fine. That's the agreement I've made with everyone. I'm like, don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. And it's not, not trying to sound like a Grinch. It's just like it, you know, it's, it, Sometimes this holiday season can bring out the worst uh, in folks and uh, folks, you know, already have a lot of bad in them. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, like there is one year like I was so proud of my because I I do all my like truly I do all my holiday shopping like August, September, just so I could like minimize the time that I like. Uh, whenever it comes like this wintertime season, I want to hibernate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like there was one year where I fuck, I forgot, I fucked up. I got my wife everything she asked for except for a hand mixer. She wanted a hand mixer, mm. and I went to Target to go get a hand mixer like in the middle of December. And like a child, a small child who is not being supervised by their parents, probably didn't know about be- better. Probably did. Who knows? Like just walked up to me in the line like while I'm standing there with my hand mixer and like punched me in the nutsack and <laughs> like and I wasn't like making faces at the kid beforehand it wasn't like I'm uh, like fuck this kid he just like I'm have this kid was like I'm gonna have fun by punching this guy in the nutsack uh and like and the no, parents, bro. The world is trying to grinch you. I don't like. The parents who saw me like punch this kid were like, "Johnny, sorry," and that was it. And I'm like, 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 why aren't you like smashing your son with a baseball bat? Like, <laughs> I just like this you know kid should I mean? be put like, in a box. I just there's there's just a lot of. Any other time of year, if you get punched in the nuts, like that's inexcusable. Uh huh. But during that but one Christmas. month of the year, it's, it's Christmas. Hey, come you on. Get, everyone gets one on Christmas. Everyone gets yeah. one. Well, this is what uh, this is. This is the exact. That's what the Nutcracker that, is for. That um that that Shane Black always uses for why he sets a lot of his his scripts and his his films at Christmas is like. Just helps the bad stuff go down smooth. You can actually mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. kind of like a brutal movie, but like if there's Christmas trees and lights everywhere, the audience is gonna be like, hmm. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. And also, no, it's, no just... it's the cheese. It's the cheese around the pill. It's the peanut butter. Yeah, exactly. It's the <laughs> peanut butter to help your dog take their take and their that's nice to like. Medicine. I'm a dumb idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Like I like looking at pretty lights. You know, it yeah. just makes things look nice. It just like. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, you're watching Paul Schrader's The Card Counter, and you're like, "This is absolutely fucking brutal." But there's one scene where they go to a Christmas tunnel, and that was nice. This makes me exactly. I, I, I'm tricked into thinking Oscar Isaac and Tiffany Haddish are like falling in love right now. You know, I'm, I, uh, I'm being bamboozled. I've seen Los Angeles so many times that it doesn't like register with me in a movie, but it does register like whenever I see like Lethal Weapon One, and I'm like, oh, it's a Christmas in Los. They're having a shootout at a Christmas tree farm. Yeah, yeah. like it's it's it, it it 
I it is a nice like cheese, as Justin said, um, and that's Robert, why Robert Downey Jr. getting his fingers cut off by a door is actually like funny if it happens at Christmas. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it's uh, and that and that's you know that of course like that's more of like my like enjoying the aesthetic of the holiday season, absolutely more yeah. so than the uh, reality of the holiday. Honestly, season. they went so hard when they were coming up with the aesthetic of Christmas. Like they were. Oh, they, yeah. They were the the our our entire cultural conception of what Santa Claus looks like is because the Coca Cola Corporation wanted to sell some more some more cans at Christmas, and they don't want to sell drug sugar water to children. So they invented Santa Claus. (laughs) Yeah, and apart from like Halloween, different guys. Apart from Halloween, like no other like holiday season really has like that like nice visual component yeah. to it. The Valentine's like, no. Hearts, the Patrick's Day, uh, I guess clovers. They, well, those, are, they, those are those are like shit. green. Their aesthetic is like here is green, here is pink. Here's green. Whereas yeah. there's a lot well, of no, like, they, white, they, blue Fourth of July. Like well, come like, on, the green thing's British. Father Christmas in England wears green. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Uh, well, there's that. The thing is, though, like what you're just saying, like there are subgenres to the holiday, like the Christmas season, the holiday season that mm-hmm. you don't really get with other holidays. And I, I love that. I love just like the kind of uh, yeah visual diversity, you know, and of course, some, some folks take it too far and they mix all the aesthetics together and it looks like, you know, like vomit. But uh, I, I get a Chris Cameron Christmas. <laughs> I love that stuff. It's I'm just uh, yeah. Kirk Cameron. I meant Kirk Cameron. Cameron. Same dev. Same. Take dev. that, Chris Cameron. Whoever you are. Whoever you are, Chris. Manager at TD Bank, Chris Cameron. <laughs> Eat ass, Chris Cameron. Yeah. Eat ass. You ruined my Christmas, Chris Cameron. By having a name somewhat similar to a famous <laughs> right wing to, to an odious, like, evangelical. Just to Christmas with the cranks. Not that crank. Not no, that. no, 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 no. Not no. that. Which we will uh, not watch for this show. No. Too long. Whole but not about it. Not worth it. But what will we watch for this mm, show? That's an excellent question, because this is, of course, Movies for Babies. Uh, welcome to your December episode of Movies for Babies, uh, where we are doing what I like to, to think of as a new holiday tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, we do the we do the the old Christmas roulette, uh, where each oh, of wow. us have selected a, an old Christmas special. We've uh, gifted to each other. We've gifted each other the gift of the Magi. We, the three wise men of this <laughs> podcast, we three kings of Orient are more like the um, three wise asses. Hey, the three <laughs> wise guys. Three wise guys. Um, are, hey, we're the three wise guys, and what we've done here is we've each gifted a Christmas special to the other two to watch. Uh, and so there will be there will be three specials being discussed. Uh, on on this episode, um, I don't know. What say we start with Vern's selection? Yes, yes. Uh, we're uh, we're gonna do a. I I figured that we would do kind of like a reverse because what we have here with the the protagonist of these three specials is a as a real Goldilocks dilemma. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man who talks too much, a man who does not talk <laughs> enough, all... and a man who talks just the right amount. And uh, so we'll start with the Goldilocks version, which is uh-huh. uh, I think Joe uh, 
Uh, hey, jo- I'm Joe Para. Joe Para, the like the the gallant to Mr. Plinkett's goofus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of traditions around the holidays. Mm-hmm. What uh, do you like to do? I, I I probably not a huge surprise to folks. I'm a huge fan of Joe Para. Uh, I uh, first became aware of Joe Para whenever I was house sitting for my uh, my mother in law. Uh, who has cable and uh, anytime I'm in front of a TV that has cable, I got to soak up as much adult swim as I possibly can Uh because I really enjoy adult swim. I enjoy. I, and this, it's, it's not the same when you're manually selecting them on HBO Max, you know? It's not it's the same. Getting the 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 random charcuterie yeah, <laughs> that Adult like, Swim has curated for you is you need, you need the bumpers. You need the weird yes. late-night ads. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I love that stuff. And I saw some advertisements for this new show called Joe Para Talks With You, and I'm like, I don't know anything about this, but I have to check out this show. Uh, I'm so happy that I'm house sitting uh, up until like after the first episode premieres. Uh, I watched the show and fell in love with it. I've since seen uh, Joe Parra do stand up uh, live. I saw it with uh, my wife and Forrest here in Salt Lake. And uh, anyway, the day I learned that he had a holiday special was a very special day for me. Uh, and it's a, a, a holiday special that definitely sort of acts as like a pilot. It is. Joe yes. talks with you. It is a, there is a, a dry run. Yes. There's, it, it feels like a very like loose, just kind of like, Hey Joe, like if you were going to do a show for us, like what would it feel like more? It's like yes. more of a pilot and like in terms of like feeling and then in terms of just like, you know, there's like, yeah. The same name characters, not the same name actors. Right. That's Cause the it, cause one. Because it was produced a few years before, like, the show itself took off. It's not a pilot pilot. But it mm-hmm. was, like, it feels like one of those unaired pilots that you watch where they, like, recasted half the people before they mm-hmm. w- before they reshot the pilot. Um, yeah. Uh, like, like if you were to watch, like, the original Game of Thrones pilot or something like that, where it's just, like, half the people are, are completely different. But it's, it's, like, a it's a tone setting. It's a proof of concept. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, it's a thing that, like, if it – my one, like, complaint about it is uh, what you just said. Like, if it existed – there's a – I think there might have been a – there's a brief window of time where, like, this was – would have been, like, for me, like, the perfect holiday special. And now, like, whenever I watch it, I still really enjoy it. But I do have this thing that's like, oh, that's not Gene. Oh, that's it's not Gene. <laughs> fucking Gene. Uh, like, I wish Ooh. this woman was Joe Firestone. This woman, this woman is very attractive and very pretty, and I like her, but I wish it was Joe Firestone. No so there's this, like, and these are all things that, like, and I, it's a thing where, like, if you were to watch Joe Para helps you find out, helps you pick out the perfect Christmas tree, and you like it, it's a thing where, like, you would and you should go check out Joe Parrot talks with you, but it, it just makes revisiting the perfect Christmas tree like uh, a little like. Eh. Um, it, it also has like slightly darker jokes than yes, it Joe does end Parra. with him like, reminding you that Guantanamo like, Bay. Oh, it brings it brings up like police brutality. Um, yeah, it brings up weird. that like that that Joe like it brings up that like Joe Para values being good at sex, like as a person. And like, <laughs> exactly. he's allowed to do that. He's of course allowed to do that, but it doesn't, I don't know. It just, it just feels 
different hearing, like seeing Joe Para fantasize about being good at sex. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's this, this whole special is more like out and out jokey than yes. Joe Para talks with you is not that, that I think it, Joe Para talks with you is a very funny show. I mean, like the fucking, the episode where he hears Baba O'Reilly for the first time is like, I will show that to anybody. That's one of the funniest fucking 11 minutes I've seen in it's a long, so long good. time. It's, it's so, good. so funny. But like, it's not jokey in this no. way that like, this special is at times jokey. It's, for anybody, we haven't like summarized what this is for anyone that like doesn't know the whole right. joke thing. So this is like, it's a special, it's about like 22 minutes where this very tall, very soft-spoken, uh, slow-speaking slow galoot. Um, <laughs> like talks a man, a 30-year-old man who talks and acts like he's twice his age. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, who... An old soul. Alternates between talking to camera, uh, us directing us, the audience, and talking to the people in the world, as he just often, like, lists facts and uh <laughs> and and has like minor personal adventures with the people in this small where are they yeah. wisconsin minnesota with oh, michigan or michigan michigan, michigan. Mich of course the yeah. great the great state of michigan it looks like a mitten um it uh, where the, the the state's so nice it's in two pieces um michigan but yeah it's just this it, it's it's very hard to describe sort of sort of thing but like if i think i actually have a pretty good summarization joe para is prairie home companion for millennials oh um, wow like leak wobegon no i mean no, i mean that like as someone who like is it any surprise that i liked lake wobegon as a kid um no. it, like it's very much about the kind of small it's the most smallest scale adventures you could imagine mm -hmm. it's just where the worst thing that could happen is a petty indignity and the best thing that could happen is a pleasant surprise <laughs> um where you're where it's it's quiet people just quietly living their lives with and adjacently to each other there are like no conflict is too serious that it hurts anyone's feelings but no one De but there are no highs high enough to warrant overflowing emotion. Um, which means just that, like, which makes the small stuff feel bigger. Um, in this, Joe Para tries to, um, is worried about the Christmas recital he's teaching the kids to sing for. And it goes fine with, like, one little bitty screw-up that he absolutely saw coming. Yes. Um but uh, and again, there aren't any major consequences to it happening. It just happens. It's kind of embarrassing, and we move on. Yes, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a premise that like is more jokey than like the show Joe Para talks with you would go on to be. Like, I don't know that Joe Para talks with you has a joke that is like. I'm afraid the kids are going to get snow, 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 snow confused snow. with snow, yeah. snow, snow, snow. Hey, um, kids, it's John Denver. <laughs> <laughs> John Denver is going to uh, wow. ask you to uh, give me your Red Bull. Red Bull. <laughs> um, 
but yes, there's uh, Justin. I I think you nailed it. It has this very like so many times you hear like I love Twin Peaks, but like Twin Peaks killed like small towns in media because mm. every small town in media now has this like dark sinister secret. Everyone's a total fucking like 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 nut bar and. Mm. Joe Para's uh, small town that he exists in feels more not saying like that stuff doesn't, you know, like the nut bars and the sinister secrets and the gross stuff doesn't happen in small town America, but also like this stuff happens too. Mm. There's also to take into consideration um, parks and recreation, which <laughs> presents which is the most Obama era show ever produced in which small, t- the small town is not only secret. It isn't decadent. Isn't like secretly decadent and like doing cult shit. Everyone there is just too stupid and fat to like take care of themselves. So they need, so like they, they need the stern uh, liberal to stop them from guzzling their corn fructose syrup and eating like three pound hamburgers. Shouldn't why aren't they listening to the public radio station that ev that all the smart people like? <laughs> God, uh, yeah, it, 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 Pawnee was really a basket full of deplorables. Hundred <laughs> Justin just eviscerated Pawnee, but also Pawnee got fucking wiped off the goddamn uh-huh. yeah, map. Also, God. like yes, uh, I can't take advice from anyone who treats Jerry the way they treat Jerry and Pawnee. <laughs> it's so. <laughs> I'm so, I know this is not what we're here to talk about, but like, <laughs> oh, show but... breaking how much, like, the, the characters on Parks and Rec, you know, like, on The Office, which is not, like, my favorite show of all time, but, like, when they would make fun of Toby, Toby. on The Office, you were like, well, these are, like, yes, they're characters I'm supposed to enjoy, but this is, like, not a wholesome show, in the same way, They're Parks like, and Rec yeah. is supposed to end with, like, every episode someone hugs and, like, learns a lesson. Uh-huh. And also, <laughs> they b- are brutal to this harmless, normal man who works with them. It's Zing. the most, like, incongruous thing I've ever... And no one else seems to care. It's it's okay to treat Mo Sislak from The Simpsons if like Mo Sislak if he is Mo Sislak, but they do Mo treat... Sislak treats Mo Sislak like Mo yeah. Sislak uh, is also like he's scummy. He runs like scummy <laughs> operations. Mo Mo Sislak once took a lie detector test and he said, "I deserve better than this." And the lie detector test determined that was goes up. And also, it's <laughs> funny because he's like a cartoon man with Hank Azaria doing an Edward G. Robinson impression. Yeah. He's not a flesh and blood man with feelings who is like in in the episodes, he is the most well-meaning guy who Mm -hmm. never fucks up that bad, and everyone just gets needlessly mean about. They they treat Jerry in Parks and Recreation like he's like the Joe Para, and they treat him like he's Zoidberg, and it bums me out. Uh, they treat also, him like George Costanza. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that whole uh, with with Joe Para and him uh, picking out the helping you pick out the perfect Christmas tree, and uh, with uh, Joe Para talks with you. It has this kind of a because like he's a just a genuine like nice guy, and the stakes are so small. But also uh, because he like talks to the audience. 
uh, and like the audience are a part of the show. It has this kind of uh, uh, Mr. Rogers strain into it yeah. that I that I really enjoy. And I don't know. Uh, I I think part of just why I love this holiday special so much is just like Joe Para's biggest problems that he has in the universe are. I'm worried my kids are going to confuse these two songs at their recital, and I'm not sure which tree I want to get. And I have all the time in the world to look at as to me. make that decision. <laughs> like, well, I, I will it's say it's a nice problem to have, and it's what, a and it's a what, nice escape. Sorry, please continue. I don't mean to. Keep no, I was just gonna say it's just uh, uh, the the, jo- the world that Joe Parrot helps you pick out the perfect Christmas tree and exists in and the show, the world that like his show exists in is just like, it is a nice mm-hmm. escape from this like insane reality that is more like twin peaks. And it is like yeah. uh, Joe Perez town. That, that does what makes the, like the breaks of like, you know, bringing up Gitmo at the very end, bringing up <laughs> police brutality. Yeah. Breaking in ways that feel almost mean-spirited because like i would argue that like joe para in the special at least does in fact have problems he is clearly like kind of lone he's clearly a kind of lonely guy yeah um who's like very self-conscious about like dating and that kind of stuff again that's in like mostly the periphery where bringing up um, you know, po- like, th- like the inability for Rivers to solve police brutality <laughs> is like not. It's very immersion breaking. Mm-hmm. It, it it brings the darkness front and center. When I think this, and I feel like Joe Para as a whole works best when like the darkness is kept at the edges. Like mm-hmm. there are problems. Joe Para is like the millennial. It is like sort of a build on the. Um, Fred Rogers character which I think Vern it's a very astute observation um, by showing that no he feels bad sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, not like the worst things in the world happen to Mr. Rogers but he does in fact face them and deal with them and he but he deals with them about as well as any person would which means not the best but the best that he can yeah, but also uh, I'm learning that you guys know more Joe Para than I thought you did, which makes me happy. Uh, I, I haven't seen all. I've seen the first two seasons. I haven't. I haven't finished the show. But yeah, I, I like the guy. I like. It feels like a community theater production up in Michigan. You know, like <laughs> yeah, beloved characters like Gene are not funny because like you know. I mean, they have Connor O'Malley and they have Joe Firestone and, 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 and of These Connor are professional. At his most restrained. <laughs> exactly. Yes, the most restrained you will ever fucking see Connor O'Malley because he's not like taking a shit on the BQE while it's, yelling about uh, you know it's, like it's it's the least. Uh, Connor O'Malley, you'll ever see Connor O'Malley while still being very funny, but those are the only, like, three professional comedians in the cast. Like, like Gene is not funny because he's, you know, played by George Wallace. Gene is funny because he's just kind of this guy with, like, a weird, stilted, but very jovial delivery. (laughs) And I I like to imagine, like, they give him that uncanny valley dialogue to yes, say. Yes. Like a lot of a lot of Joe Perez people saying shit that sounds like it was kind of AI written, but in a very like charming way. They it's just like someone on this show will just say something like, 
you know, I think apple cider is a nice fall treat. And somehow that's <laughs> funny. I like, I don't understand, but I, I, I'm impressed by what they're able to I like to imagine Gene has his own show, his own Joe Para-like show. Yeah. And this episode just happens to be the one where Gene talks about rivers. And <laughs> the restaurant scene is where the Christmas tree episode and the rivers episode were intertwining. Oh, I like that. Uh, I like that. And, you know, Joe, uh, Gene has a dressed camera. Uh, Joe Firestone's character has a dressed camera. Um, uh, it, it, it is a, a really, I don't know. It's a really interesting world that, uh, the show depicts and, uh, and, and Kevin, you, you mentioned the, uh, you know, someone just in the middle of having a line of dialogue, like apple cider is a nice treat. Mm -hmm. for <laughs> uh, and I, it's a thing or just, um, how do I put this? Like in a, in a world where things like. Robert Pattinson's The Batman exists. Uh, <laughs> it is nice to like see something that is trying to like shock people and be fresh and be unique and be original by going in the complete opposite direction. It's just very nice to like to see a show where, uh, or you know, to see media where it's, uh, where, where, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to go against the grain, just make something that uh, you hear this all the time when people talk about Joe Para, but it's just the best way to describe it. Like to hear this like wholesomeness. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a, a, a season of television where like the most, the storyline that I was most invested in was like, is Joe Para going to get his green, his bean arch to grow? <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. And uh, I just, uh, I, I think it's, uh, there's something that Kevin Lanigan once told me uh, that I think about a lot. Um, and it's, uh, and he was talking about Monk. Kevin was talking about Monk uh, with Tony Shaloub. Uh, and he was saying that, like, having a detective who's afraid of dirty things, having to find evidence in, like, a garbage dump is really good storytelling and it's really good character development. Mm -hmm. I, I I think about that a lot, but I also think about that in terms of like Joe Para, just like uh, I think the best way sometimes to learn different characters and see their motivations and you know just learn storytelling and learn about how people work is through like the tiny moments, you yes. know, when just little things like little things like how big of a rush it is for Joe whenever he can afford the big thing of ice cream at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. uh, I, I like that there's uh, media out there that like is trying to do character development, trying to tell stories by focusing on like these little things that like movies don't have any interest in whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Movie, uh, they're you know, like, they're if you went to an investor and like, I want to make a movie about a guy who's trying to grow in a bean arch, yeah. <laughs> you'd be just thrown out on the street, and so that's just something I really enjoy. Uh, and uh, having a holiday flavor to it is really nice. And uh, if folks have uh, have seen this special and they're interested more. Uh, the the uh, Joe Perry reads the Sunday church announcements third Sunday of Advent, also known as the episode where Joe Perry discovers like Baba O'Reilly by the Who. Uh, also got a nice little seasonal seasonal flair yeah. to it. 
Mmm, so true, so true, so true. <laughs> and um, I, for one, look forward to adding the, a Christmas cigar to my yearly holiday playlist. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you boys ready for the next one? Yeah. The guy sure. right? Justin, why don't you I, tell us about your Christmas offering? Uh, I, I do want to open up this introduction of Ziggy's gift, which I think it with a what I think is masterful summation of the newspaper character, uh, one Ziggy, uh, who for listeners who don't know, Ziggy's just a little guy. He's well, a little nose. with big a big nose. nose. He's he's three circles, uh, one for his head, one for his body and one for his nose. Um, I quote. Ziggy is an American cartoon series about an eponymous character who suffers an endless stream of misfortunes and sad but sympathetic daily events. A, a Ziggy, Ziggy's just a little guy who in a big world, in a big world that is hostile to him. Ziggy never wins. If, if Joe Para is about. Uh, finding the joy in the little wins in life. Ziggy is about uh, just sort of languishing in the petty indignities of everyday existence. Uh, for Ziggy, every day is squeezing your toothpaste tube and it comes out the other end. Or, or shuttering uh, your cabinets and the mirror on your bedstand breaks. It's just, like Ziggy's just a little guy that nothing ever goes exactly right for, which makes his Christmas special directed by animator psycho uh, Richard Williams of Absolute Wolfram. Mad Lad, certified yeah, no, Mad no, 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 no. Lad. I say that with love. A man uh, who po was possibly the best gen animator in like in the West of his generation, um, and un and impossible to work with as a result. Uh, who just decided to do this on top of a bunch of other little Ziggy shorts for ABC. He did a 30-minute holiday special of, again, of all characters, Ziggy. Ziggy. <laughs> who, like, I was I was a newspaper comic strip kid. I, I loved the funny pages. I, I wanted the funny pages anytime there was, like, a newspaper brought into my home. Of course. And I, and, like... Ziggy wasn't in those things. You know what He's I mean? Maybe not. it was just the St. Louis Post-Dispatch yeah. who, who lacked Ziggy. Maybe he was out of rotation by, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. But, like, I I do not know who this fucking I, dude is. I, I, I knew. I'm, What's wrong I'm with this man? I'm a friend of Ziggy. I'm, I'm a friend of Ziggy, but mostly because... <laughs> oh, is he a... Is he a friend of Ziggy. Ziggy. And <laughs> but that's because I knew him from the what inexplicable best of compilations in my like third grade bookshelf. Like for some reason we mm. instead of like Calvin and Hobbes or Garfield, there was just like a bunch of Ziggy compilations <laughs> for like yeah, kids to read during free no time. No baby blues, no mother goose and grim, uh -uh. no girls before swine, no family no circus. You know, it's you know, it's interesting. This is kind of like no zits. This is uh, there's a 
briefly bringing back Joe Para, there's a moment and helps you perfect pick out the perfect Christmas tree where uh, Joe says to Gene, I knew you were a star man and not an angel man or something. To, oh, to I love that line. Uh, and no, uh, I knew you're a star man, not an angel guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, this is really interesting hearing about like these regional differences because uh, Kevin mentioned Mother Goose and Grimm as being like a like among like the first string of comic strips, and that was something that like starting five. And and it's something that like I loved Mother Goose and Grimm, but that was one that was like never in our papers. I had to hunt that one down. But and we didn't have it during the weekday edition, but on the Sunday edition. We did have Ziggy. So uh, these regional, but also, uh, so I'm someone who did read Ziggy. Uh, and uh, and so it was, but it was a thing where it was just like, when I remember whenever you pitched Ziggy's gift, and you can probably hear it in the recording where I'm like, Ziggy. Just Ziggy. I was, I was From shocked. Ziggy. I was shocked that like, Ziggy was no worthy enough to like to have that kind of pull to command mm-hmm. a thirty minute holiday. Well, you must special. remember, sir. Why again? One of the where... best animators in the world. Yes, <laughs> but but the, in the eighties, every newspaper comic strip got animated primetime yes. specials on on ABC. I guess you know if true, if yes. they did not get you know the the Baby Blues animated series on CBS treatment like. Everybody got an animated special. You know, where where Beetle Bailey at? Where Foxtrot at? Where's the Mark Trail Christmas special? I asked you. Uh, <laughs> um, there's whole there's a whole season of Baby Blues that was produced and never aired. You Brand- could very easily make a whole Mark Trail show out of like public domain footage. <laughs> Easy. Yes, exactly. You, you draw Mark Trail into yeah. nature footage. Easy. Done. Got yeah, it. just stock footage guy. the show. Yes, exactly. But then you draw a guy who's walking around and he's going, hmm, are there teens uh-huh. littering around here? Hmm. <laughs> uh, what a great guy, Mark Trail. Uh, but yes, yeah, so this is Ziggy, uh, Richard Williams, for anyone who you know doesn't know his credits, uh, I guess. These days you might know him as like the animator of Roger Rabbit. Uh, yes. Ever heard of it? Um, also did a a phenomenal um, I, I listeners I know you've probably are sick to death of a Christmas Carol like I am I've seen enough versions to last my entire life but the Richard Williams Christmas Carol is really worth checking out it's drawn in this it looks like wood etchings it looks mm-hmm. like the illustrations in like old books um, oh. it's, it's just a really, really great looking special. And then of course, you know, maybe, maybe you've heard the internet legend of the thief and the cobbler, uh, mm-hmm. a, a film that he was working on forever and ever and ever, uh, Amen. never truly finished. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, would just like go work on a Disney film, get some money, go back public, you know, independently try and fund, you know, this, this story of the thief and the cobbler that, uh, Disney, uh, cravenly, uh, 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 intentionally tried to squash by producing Aladdin. Yes. And then buying the rights to uh, Thief and the Cobbler, butchering it, and then and release and releasing it alongside Aladdin. Yes. Uh, as, as just a, an incredible corporate fuck you. And not a fun mm-hmm. fuck you. No. A real, just nasty 
craven awful well the good news is uh, they hate making money (laughs) yeah they hate making money and so they'll be going out of business like probably during this recording Uh uh-huh because they care more about pushing their lgbqx their lgbq disney plus agenda yeah sorry (laughs) Sorry. it's all good that's good that's good uh, it was this was uh, the Ziggy's gift was uh, was very nice to see as a uh, a fun little how do I put this like a, a fun little relic of like animation how it used to be mm-hmm. uh, you know nowadays you don't even see 2D animation you know no. like it's all you know like unless you're watching like a rerun of something yeah uh, you know everything that get and a lot of things that get produced that are animated are all CG mm-hmm. adaptations and, and no and even then even then not just like 2D like people people produce independently great 2D stuff all the time but we're talking Pen and paper. Yes. <laughs> like this. Like and that, Don Hertzfeld. Yeah. And that's Hertzfeld and Miyazaki. Like, They're the last holdouts. Yes. Uh this and but in that grungy, gross, like 70s, 80s uh aesthetic. I read a letterbox review that uh, said something to the extent of like the the reader kept waiting for like Fritz the cat to come in and like cup of you know cup of feel on ziggy or something just because it's got that gross like aesthetic he, he thought that, his uh, nose was a boob and then i thought his nose was a boob it reminds me it reminded me a lot of the eleanor rigby sequence of yellow submarine uh, uh it's just it's like uh, uh an approach to animation an approach to uh, a look to animation that like really doesn't happen anymore or at least not anywhere you know that i've seen not that i'm a big animation person but it doesn't happen like in the mainstream like this was on uh one of the big three like cable networks mm-hmm. uh, which is like kind of shocking and i was uh it was a it was a pleasant it was pleasant and also not only was it pleasant to see not only was it a pleasant surprise uh, it was it was pleasant to look like to look at. It was a beautiful yeah, animation. Really it's beautiful, a- yeah. So uh, to summarize, Ziggy's this little guy. He when he needs to get dressed, he open up all the drawers on his dresser and he walk up them and then walk down them like stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he's just a little uh, baby. He's just a little guy, and he needs a job. So he yeah. uh, decides to become a sidewalk Santa, which is apparently a paying gig. And um, but Me- the meanwhile, sidewalk. there's an ongoing scam of of sidewalk street si- of sidewalk Santa stealing money ripped off. Yeah, um, and also there's uh, a scary little man who lives in a trash can and keeps following yes. Ziggy. Yes, he's a scary a little, little nasty little creature. Something I was I spent a a lot of the special being kind of confused about. <laughs> just because I'm like, what, what, what? I, it was a thing where uh, I most certainly didn't remember that guy from Ziggy uh, on Sunday mornings. No, that feels uh, like a real uh, Richard Williams made up an MF. That's a real, <laughs> like, Richard Williams, that's a real Roger Rabbit weasel oh, looking yeah. ass. Uh, no, it's, it's literally, it's literally the thief from The Thief and the Cobbler. Like, sure. down to the, like, jaundiced eyes. Yeah. Oh wow! And like uh, long and long weaselly nose, and his pervert mustache. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and uh, so Ziggy becomes a sidewalk Santa, but the guy who hires him to be a sidewalk Santa doesn't seem to be above board. 
Uh, no. And uh, but but Ziggy's but uh, Ziggy becomes suspected of uh, being one of these criminals as, as an Irish beat cop follows him yeah. around from location to location. Going, it was the character Kevin and I would play. I was going to say the Irish beat cop like showing up. I was like, of course, Justin picked this. It felt very. <laughs> It Are is... you going to catch me a Ziggy? He's uh-huh. trying to pit pocket people. You uh, better not be parking your sled amongst the sidewalk, why don't you? Better move it along, please. Move it along, nothing to see, nothing to see. Uh, yeah, and so so Ziggy's going around, and Ziggy has a, a cauldron. A uh, and cauldron. out of And out of Ziggy's cauldron, he can produce infinite money. He mm-hmm. has the infinite money cheat unlocked on, on GTA. He's spamming uh, Rosebud. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's he's, <laughs> he's he's got big head mode activated, uh, and and he's, he he's got big nose mode activated. He bro, bro, nobody got big nose mode like Ziggy. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Um, and it, Ziggy just sort of goes around doing a few things. Um, yeah, he, he sees That's good. He goes to like a like a butcher shop where uh, the uh, the Greekest man of all time uh, <laughs> the is most selling Mediterranean man is yeah. selling live turkeys or as he says tor- turkeys turkeys um and what do you want these turkeys I, this guy was cracking me up he was like shut oh. up you turkeys I cannot think oh yeah. He's yelling at the turkeys. The turkeys are great anime. I thought they were really, really well animated. I love the way they moved around. These like they're like mostly head. Yeah, they're they're a hundred percent neck, and they have these goofy faces, <laughs> and they understand the English language and are like responding to what the characters are saying, as all turkeys um, do. And Ziggy buys all the turkeys, and he just sets them free. Uh, and, and, and so now there's a wild turkey population here in uh, I assume New York City. I guess I didn't I didn't receive it. Any doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Music City. Yeah. There's a million stories in the Naked City. And one of them is uh, when a little freak <laughs> named Ziggy released a dozen turkeys uh, out well, you've into heard the of, yeah. You've heard of the Big Apple, but the Big Nose? Uh, not he, he, like, adopts a street cat. Uh, he gives his, like, coat and hat to, like, a homeless man. Yeah. Ziggy has a cute little dog and they're like tied together by a scarf. They're like sharing one scarf and it's kind of a leash, but it's also a scarf. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cute. Yeah. like that, cute. That's all. That, that's this whole movie is that it's, it's cute. It has like that little bit of cynicism that you, I feel like it's almost kind of necessary to do anything about Christmas. Um, like anything good about Christmas mm-hmm, mm-hmm, where like, yeah, there's, a guy running scams, uh, all of the like chintzy animatronics are like constantly breaking down of like the angels and the like I, most horrific Santa Claus. I think I've seen I did enjoy the Santa turning into a big Akira blob. I did. Uh, uh-huh. that was something. <laughs> yeah, Tetsuo Santa fucking he he, he fell off. Well, like, um, I don't know. It needs it needs the like almost it needs that sincerity. It needs the like kind of heartbreaking tenderness of Ziggy giving his coat to the most like realistically depicted human who is a huddled homeless man. Yeah. Um, You need that, like that, like warmth of when they all end up in front of an orphanage and to save space, they start singing carols and then get invited inside. Yeah, as they come in and share cocoa with a bunch of orphans. And, you know, the guy who's been following Ziggy around all episode, you know, 
he even comes in and he he thinks he's going to steal something over but those orphans they just warm his nasty little heart uh-huh. uh and and you know the whole the whole movie he's been trying to to steal Ziggy's money out of the cauldron but he he doesn't have the levels in conjuration necessary <laughs> to summon the money from the pot so he 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 abandons this and he instead becomes a nice santa for all the little orphans at the orphanage on this christmas day it yeah. was a it was a thing where of the three holiday specials that we watched for this uh little uh advent calendar um uh it this was the one like i've seen the joe para helps you pick out the perfect christmas tree before and of course the first time i saw that uh it it made me very emotional whenever uh the end of that when joe para gets the perfect holiday when he gets the perfect christmas tree it made Mm -hmm. me emotional but i've seen it so much that it's just kind of uh, as Kevin referred, I don't want to say Christmas boring, but it's just you know I've experienced it before. It's, I had never, ex- I had never experienced Ziggy's gift before, be because Ziggy existed for most of my life as like single panel, like little like jokes every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had the most kind of like a creative runway uh, for what to do, and of the three holiday specials that we watched, like this is the one that like made me feel the most um <laughs> the most was, positive emotion more sure. it, i guess i guess uh rich little also made me feel but in a different direction <laughs> but uh there was this uh there was this one little like thing where I'm, I'm watching ziggy's gift and he's getting ready in the morning and he's watching the news and the news is talking about the this fraudulent wing of uh a ring of santas right and and they're saying uh you know, hey, uh, you know, make sure to be careful. The news person is like, you know, be careful who you donate your money to. Be careful who you give your money to. And and old Grinch Vern was sitting on the couch, and I immediately, like, my mind just started doing laps. Like, of course, fucking news media is trying to tell you what to do with your money. Don't give your money to homeless people. Don't give your money to people who need it because you got to give it to corporate. You know, just like yeah, going on that like thing. Uh, getting getting mad at the corporate news media mm. from watching Ziggy's gift on YouTube. Your and, your altruism must be effective. Yes, uh, but then like at the end or near the end, he gives his coat to that like you know the unhoused uh, gentleman on the on the side of the road. And the most, as Kevin pointed out, I think it was Kevin who's like the most realistically drawn person uh, in this thing, and like. You know, that cut through this, like, big block that, like, I was thinking and, like, it felt like it was someone doing something good during the holiday season. And that was very nice to experience in a holiday special. Not saying Joe didn't, but it's just uh, seeing this for the first time, seeing this with fresh eyes was very, very, very nice. Yeah. Vern really doing the it's never been so over we are so back you know like bouncing mm-hmm. on trajectory <laughs> on like a record timing sort of scale um, it's absolutely it's absolutely something um, but you know this whole special is like Christmas is breaking down Christmas is not what it is supposed to be the Santas no. are stealing your money the carolers are robots in a department store window that break that don't work that that are like truly like falling apart the humanity is being stripped out of christmas the kindness the christmas spirit is being stripped, yeah, like, stripped like, out the, of the arbitrator of justice is like a, is like suspicious and overbearing 
<laughs> yes, and and there's literally like a guy going around in a Santa suit, like trying to steal your money out of your magic cauldron. You know, it's just like everything about what Christmas is nominally supposed to be about is 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 gone. It's breaking down mm-hmm. in 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 1982, and Ziggy manages to find like the that nugget that kernel that seed of like the christmas spirit and and share it where he he can without saying a word without like uttering more than like a little mumble here or there um Mm -hmm. just like like a like a jrpg protagonist you know he (laughs) he goes around as a silent protag and but he like makes it work and everyone sees well, yeah. something in Ziggy. They see in Ziggy what they wish they saw in themselves. Yes. Well like Richard I Williams. Play the Ziggy RPG. Richard I Williams RPG. A is like a huge fan of silent comedies. That was like the primary source of reference for The Thief and the Cobbler with whose two main characters don't talk. Mm-hmm. Um and but he's also again he's an animator first and foremost. He will if he can get away with showing you visual storytelling, yeah. If he can work, if he can rely on visual storytelling instead of dialogue, then he will take it. Like he built his bones doing movie in credits. Like Something... that's what helped him build his career. Mm-hmm. Something where that... there's no dialogue. It's just keeping you entertained while like a bunch of names go by. Absolutely. Keep keep those butts in seats so you see all those names. But like something that, mm-hmm. that happened, I think completely unintentionally, when we moved to 3D animation primarily, is that like the process of creating 3D animation is creating literal figures in physical spaces. Like, when you are 3D animating, you are animating a person walking around a room. You know yeah. what I like you know what I mean whereas like 2D animation does not have those that's those same strictures you're often just like literally animating a 2D person in a vacuum and someone else is like drawing backgrounds later and mm-hmm. what happened was we made animation so fucking literal we made it so that like we are bothering to 3D animate characters and then just having them move like live action people. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, that's that how is... John Favreau did Lion King, where he had he basically had the sets pre-made that he would like walk through in virtual reality before implementing the animals in it. <laughs> right, and I and I just like I beg of you, what is the point? Why <laughs> draw it if you're just going to have it replicate? reality that's not well how the else point of animation like the 3d animated characters <laughs> do not pull out big hammers from behind their back anymore because no. like because 3d reality is too literal <laughs> and you 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 can't you know like animated specials have to have lore now if we tried creating like the original brilliant looney tune shorts now we would need like a lore reason why bugs bunny is back in medieval times for this one or why he's in a present day opera in in la in a different one it would need to be about traveling through a time portal going from place to place to explain it'd be rick and morty yes and it (sighs) that's what like the the thing that you need as opposed to like 
the complete lack of internal logic of the of the original Looney Tunes shorts, where it was just a company of players that appeared in different locations at different points in time. They're not neighbors. They don't. They're not coworkers. They don't. They don't live in the same cul-de-sac. They're. 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 they're it, it's all become so literal. It's, it's all that become same. So, so rooted in fucking space. It's stupid. You, you reminded me a lot of uh, uh, reminded me of a lot of things that we've talked about on this show, but in different episodes, it goes into like Wikipedia brain, where yes. like you know, uh, in in Star Wars, whenever Han Solo says like, "Is it a good ship?" It made the Kessel Run in twelve seconds, and that is all that is is like science fiction dialogue so that you the audience who doesn't understand the world go okay he got fast ship but then like and also years later they make solo and like a a plot point of solo is him doing the castle run in 12 parsecs and it's just like i love animation i've really garnered an appreciation for animation this year with like all the drawing that i have done Mm -hmm. and i just i i don't think that we are serving the medium of animation Jesus. the best that we can when we Not have enough. like a 3d model of mario talking in owen voice driving a mario kart down rainbow road you know no, what i mean like if you want to see how much we're disrespecting animation now look at fucking witch like the movie disney is producing to commemorate their 100th anniversary it looks like a fucking like GameCube cutscene oh. of like the most low effort um like cell shading animation. Still in and it's still in that fucking one animation style they did for Rapunzel and have not moved from in the <laughs> decades since. Um with the like the songs they previewed are terrible. It's and all of like the animation looks low effort and shitty um and all of this all of this hinges on the premise of you know of you know the song when you wish upon a star this is about that star and its wish granting magic properties where its origins come from star colon origin i hate (laughs) <laughs> I'm not trying to sound like an anti-intellectual, but I hate learning about things. No, no, Vern, this is anti-intellectual because it stops people like you from having from having any space to develop independent thought. <laughs> it is, it is just sorry, keep going, Kevin. No, it's okay. It's just like going going back to like Vern's like Han Solo comment. Is that like if you watch that fucking movie? It's so obvious that Han Solo is a bullshit liar. He he doesn't know what he's talking about. That's why he uses the term wrong. What Wikipedia brain cannot (laughs) encompass is that like a character might lie. A character (laughs) might misrepresent themselves intentionally Mm. or unintentionally. That's what it – and that's what like – this literality, everything has to be so literal. I've talked about this with like books. I feel like like reading contemporary, like there's no books on my best of 2023 list because every fucking book that I read now is just like, this just should be a movie. You're just like, you're not using, it feels like I'm just reading a really long script. 
You're, mm-hmm. you're not using the medium of books for its unique principles, its unique relationship with time. Books I read now are just like, here's a scene, here's another scene, here's another scene. It's It, it doesn't... It's screenplay brain. It Yes, it's screenplay. And I don't think it's intentional. I don't think everyone's writing a book of like, well, I got to get those TV rights. I think it's I, just like... You'd be surprised, <laughs> Kevin. I listen, I know I'm not... But I, I'm saying not everyone. I know there are plenty of people who are writing books because they hope that they can sell them for, for lucrative movie and TV deals. But there's also plenty of people who just have watched too much movies and TV. And it, it yep. just has informed their their way of perceiving storytelling outside of those great mediums that I love and are not using the unique potential of books or unique uh-huh. potential of animation for to its fullest extent. And like say what you fucking will about like the Hotel Transylvania movies, but like Jendi Tartakovsky like brought squash and stretch animation to 3D in a way that like still nobody else has. I feel yep. yeah, like yeah. brought a unique principle to 3D animation where like characters are not bound to their physical form like you or I are. Um it's just it 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 drives me nuts. Everything has to be so literal. You can't make a movie yes. without stopping to blatantly explain the point that you're trying to make. He's you, lying, you, by the way. He's by the lying, way. He's by, yes, exactly. If you tried to make that point now, you'd have to have, like, Luke and Obi-Wan turn around and be like, I feel like this guy's full of shit. You know? Like, mm. it, you can't... Everyone just wants to spell it out. Everyone just wants, like bonus points on tiktok so they include a scene where like someone goes on a long monologue about like what it's like to live in a white man's world you know generational trauma yes it's just it's all it, it no one can allow for beautiful subtlety or things that are left unsaid no. i drives me nuts there's sorry. nothing sorry allowed sorry to kind of tie our like the, these different threads together there's no allowed shagginess or mess in in major mass produced or like major scale art anymore and what to which like especially in america film and related stuff has kind of become the prime one like film is our opera it's our like orchestra like this is what we do and we don't have that anymore we don't have like the kind of we're not allowed a kind of scratchiness in the animation penciling We're not allowed, like, we're not allowing space for the little stuff because we're trying to make the big stuff as big and direct as humanly possible. Because there's kind of too much going on now, there's too much art, there's too much media, and so you have to make everything as big and direct as possible in order to have any space rather than cultivating a media environment where we can actually slow down and enjoy the little nuances about everything. That's what's great about Joe Para. It's all about the it's all about the quiet and the little stuff. Same with Ziggy. We don't but you know the like Disney blockbuster shit we get now, it's everything is so literal, everything is direct to the point. There's not a like no one is has no one is required to think about where things exist in space now and then realize it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how far away like Mickey Mouse is from the dresser behind him. It's two planes of existence, the foreground and the background. And that's it. Um, and we and we don't let ourselves 
kind of revel in that. We're not allowed to actually think of like the art as art. It's just, again, it's art as product, it's art as content, et cetera, et cetera. Any listeners listening to this knows what we're talking about and the problem we're talking about. Yes. But I don't know. Nothing is allowed to be shaggy. Nothing is allowed to be itself. It's always supposed to be the next thing. I was, I was thinking about this when I was watching a little movie called Batman Returns the other day. Uh, <laughs> a film that would be illegal now. <laughs> a, yeah, a film that would be Batman illegal Returns. now for multiple reasons. But the the reason I was thinking about it is like, you know, it's a comic book movie. And we got to the point where, like, all right, the villain is doing his big thing. And I was thinking about how, like, in any other movie nowadays, uh, what the villain would do in a comic book movie, whenever it's time for the villain to do his thing, is to you'd shoot a blue laser up into the sky. Uh-huh. He'd and shoot it, an ice ray. And it and it would and it would, and it would threaten all of humanity. But what the penguin does in Batman Returns is he sends a little train through the streets of Gotham to kidnap all the firstborn children. <laughs> and it's fucking horrifying. Don't, it's don't so forget. It's scary and it's so like messy. It's so oh, yeah. messy, like you're saying. Uh, but, but also it, it works because of how like I can't conceive. You can show me in a million different angles the blue space laser going up into the sky, but I can't conceive of what that would do. I can't conceive of how it would feel like to to be snapped by Thanos, but I Uh can conceive how horrifying and scary it would be to see a demented, fucked up circus train come through my neighborhood and steal a child out of someone's house. That's bad. That's that's not. We don't want that. I can understand the error of seeing a penguin with a rocket strapped to its back when it's an actual penguin yeah. with an actual <laughs> rocket strapped to its back. Exactly. And like, uh, you know, early Timber, actually, Tim Burton and I are not on the same wavelength. Like, there, it's just um, we we are not on the same. His his the meals he makes don't taste good to me, but like. I'm glad he's making those meals, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, early yeah. Tim Burton was, like, on some, like, really creative, interesting shit that just, like, is not my shit. But, like, it's it's a better artistic world that he was working on it, that he was making those fucking things that, like, that do not feel like they could come into existence these days. Or, like, very different branch of movie but like i really hate the way the internet discusses marriage story people just have no utility in discussing something that is like that thorny and that complicated you know the way that like the fight scene has become a big meme uh really bothers me or like the way that you know people posted it it was like what this movie's all about yelling and it's like you didn't watch it it's like the one scene where they yell after an entire movie of build-up to to that moment where they just scream at each other but like the other day, someone on on uh, old Twitter.com posted the scene near the end of the movie where Adam Driver sings Being Alive and made the point that we have been trying to make about this polish thing that like Adam Driver is nobody's idea of a good singer. You know, no, no one would buy Adam Driver's album if he had a vanity <laughs> music career, but the unpolished 
of yeah. his voice is what makes that scene so impactful Harrowing. and so beautiful yeah. and like yeah. it, the the he he does not hit those notes he is imperfect mm-hmm. in every way but it is that lack of that lack of hermetically sealed locked in flavor saving perfection that makes it so good that is the reason why it is good mm-hmm. and and it, that is something that like we're not letting people get we're young actors we are so desperate for everyone to be this like safe generic inoffensive disney channel kind of actor and mm-hmm. that's why we're not producing like a ton of great interesting character actors is because like we want Peter Parker to look like Tom Holland. And yeah. look, that's not that, character that's actors not shouldn't have abs. <laughs> yeah, I just we need everyone. Paul Rudd talked about his diet for Ant-Man and how like he wasn't even allowed to drink like sparkling water. And I'm like, you're playing a guy who gets big and then gets small. <laughs> Greek Adonis. Why do you need to look like a Spartan to play big small man? Small small little and then big. Why does it matter if you're if you have 10% body fat? Why does it, why does that matter? It's nuts. Ziggy Kumail, Kumail Nanjani should not have body dysmorphia. He should <laughs> I mean if you're playing Kingo though, I mean like you know, Kingo, the fans were waiting for Kingo, Justin. You don't understand. Fans were waiting 50 years to uh-huh, finally see Kingo. Uh-huh. Yeah, and if no, Kingo doesn't look like a G.I. Joe, like right. fans are not gonna be happy. Justin, this- no, we ha- we have to cast this Pakistani man to play an Indian Bollywood actor. Because those two, those two cultures are completely They're interchangeable the same, and have the same. no interchange and uh, don't have any enmity at all. India and Pakistan are identical. And Kingo is the most beloved fictional character of all time. <laughs> Those are both true. Second uh, only to Druig. Druig, I, uh, Druig was right, Justin. Druig was right. I got one last thing, and then we should probably move on to the the thing I don't want to talk about. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I will say, like, uh, and sorry, Justin, just for a brief moment, this is going to be a part of the, uh, the conversation that won't mean super much to you. But... Uh, this thing that you're talking about with Paul Rudd, this thing that you're talking about, like it's why I get so frustrated whenever I see people complain about like what Eddie Kingston looks like. Like I don't he's an every man. I don't he's... care <laughs> that he's got a bit of a belly on him. And I don't care that I see the guy smoking because like he looks like someone whose emotions would get the best of him and drive him to beat the, <laughs> be, be, like to, to light a man on fire. He's like, a people's he, champion. He's an every man. And also Eddie Kingston doesn't know that wrestling isn't real. And we're not going <laughs> to tell him Eddie Kingston thinks wrestling is real. And but I'm not going to be the person to but, dis- dissuade him of that notion. It's that uh, same. Guys, like, I see people who look like Eddie Kingston every day. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, if you, I'm being for real here. If you show, if you put Eddie Kingston in front of me and you put like Wardlow or Powerhouse Hobbs on the other (laughs) hand, I'll tell you who I'd rather get into a fight with. Yeah. And it's like, 
the huge muscle-bound guys that don't move super well. Uh-huh, I, uh-huh. Do, I would can, never want to fight Eddie Kingston. There's a chance that you can, like, maybe, like, if you run around in circles enough, you can, like, you can, like, out-stamina, like, a I powerhouse I can Batman hog. Arkham, oh, yeah. like, trick Wardlow into charging into a wall and knocking <laughs> himself out. Yeah, I can't yeah, do that with Eddie Kingston because Eddie Kingston right. is trying to shove like a broken glass bottle into right, my right, eye. right. No, Ward, Wardlow, I could bank on his like sinews snapping from like a slightly miss, <laughs> exactly. a slightly miss, like twisted knee. Ward Wardlow looks like he's ground. Not Wardlow. Um, Eddie Kingston looks like he's ground his kneecaps to dust. Through just like infinite football injuries, and can still, <laughs> and it's only made his legs stronger. <laughs> yes, they healed. They fused harder than ever before. Right. You could put whatever the current, you know, like dish du jour, seven foot tall, muscle bound freak that they're trying to sell me over in the Fed, and you can put him next to John Moxley, who looks like a regular sort of man, and like. I'm scared of John Moxley. Yeah. That's it's, the guy that I'm afraid there's of. There's a lot of, with animation, with film, with wrestling, there's just a lot of, like, and maybe this is because of audiences, maybe this is because of studios, maybe this is because of both, but there's just a, a preference and a reverence for show muscles. Uh, yes. And don't get me wrong, like, show muscles are very impressive. Like, don't get me wrong, like, visually, mm-hmm. like, the Ryan entire Cage looks like a monster. Yeah. The entire, I like a guy with tits. I'll the be entire honest. city in Avengers, like lifting up off the like the you know continent, like that's visually very impressive. But it doesn't have that like, you know, it doesn't have that emotional side to it that like art needs. Yeah, and so like, yes. uh, like I, I. I on a literal level, like I know a big blue space laser being shot into space is bad, mm-hmm. but like it doesn't get me on an emotional level the same way that like the creepy clown train stealing children does. Yes. And if you, uh, if you and, watch like strongest man in the world competitions, they don't have show muscles. They are no. bombs. They are like they <laughs> they're are, built like, like no, no, they're built like contractors. <laughs> yes, like the strongest man in the world is Mark Henry, who like you can't like see his muscles. Mm-hmm. Like you they're covered up by by thick. He's big. He he doesn't deprive himself of water to have more popping muscles. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. what I'm trying to say about animation. <laughs> well, well I, mean, I, I I agree. It's you're you're right. It's just like because there's no because it's so like literal, there's no like because like Ziggy is such a like a, a nebulous, just kind of like there's more of a canvas to work with. There's more runway to work with with a Ziggy than there, you know, than there is, you know, um I don't know, let's say WC Fields uh in a holiday special. You can't, you know, like Rich Rich Little would never have like W.C. Fields doing cartoon character stuff no, because no. W.C. Fields is a real man. And right. uh, and whenever you start, you know, with 3D animation, with real life people, with uh, like Han Solo from a movie, you know, like 30 years ago or whatever, like you can't there's 
boundaries become boundaries start existing and that makes it you know a little bit harder to to tell a kind of story uh a, a story that you're kind of telling and uh you know like things like ziggy where there's like most people's concept of Zilly, uh, Ziggy is like he's a guy they've seen in the newspaper a handful of times. Like there's infinite more runway yeah. to work with him and, and tell a story. And, uh, uh, you know, the literality uh, of uh, of the boundaries in which these characters exist, like sometimes gets in the way yeah. of like art, being able to create art and being able to enjoy art. Uh, and there's people that are like, you know, it's really sad that they can't get behind an Eddie Kingston match because they think he looks a certain way. And it's mm-hmm. just like, people I don't know, only man. care about power levels. It, <laughs> you know, people only care about like what the power level says on like your character card. Whereas like a, a lot of my faves are my faves because they get beat all the time. I don't yeah. like Daredevil because he wins every fight. I like Daredevil because he loses a lot of fights. That's what's yeah. good about him, actually. If you're trying to do, like, power scaling and ranking to One Piece characters, you're watching the show wrong. You're yes. you're engaging with the story incorrectly. I like yes. characters that suck. I like yeah. characters that are bad at what they do. I like characters mm. that are not good because it gives them room to do better. And to that's why Vern them. loves Rich Little. A and that's why I bad at what he does. Rich bad Little, what he because does. All right. uh, there's room for him to develop. There's room for him to learn what jokes are. There's room for <laughs> him. Still time, Rich. You're still there's with still us. Time. He's still, still time. kicking. All right. He's still kicking. As so. of this recording. But... You know, there with is our a curse streak. that follows. <laughs> there is a curse that follows movies for babies. And uh, you and never Rich know. Little dies in, in the next calendar week or two. You'll mm-hmm. you'll know what happened. Well, the no. movies stand strong. Um yes, so my uh contribution to uh the the first annual movies for babies roulette. This is where the roulette turns into a Russian roulette. The what the uh, white elephant. The white elephant. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, is, so even for this show, this is an esoteric, uh, niche, bizarre thing that we've, that we've covered here. Uh, I've, I've joked with our friend Justin in the past that, uh, we hate having listeners. Um, (laughs) and nothing is more evident of that than the fact that I selected, um, a, uh, 50 year old direct to TV Christmas special starring completely forgotten 70s impression comedian Rich Little. Um, doing impressions of completely forgotten. No, doing the, impressions the of only, mostly. The only impressions I've ever seen that mostly does impressions of other comedians. Yes, thank you. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Um, so Rich Little, you know, if you've been watching the Muppet show on Disney Plus, you know, he's he's on there a few times. He was um, before we invented funny impressions there was rich little <laughs> and rich little kind of sounds like some other people and um they, we took this and decided to create a one man show i'm sorry uh where rich little plays i'm sorry every mm-hmm. character in a Christmas Carol, except for the little girl, except for the little girl, because even Rich Little doesn't have that kind of range. And, uh, <laughs> and all of the characters 
are Rich Little, I'm sorry, doing different <laughs> impressions as these characters. I'm so sorry. For instance, uh, W.C. Fields. Remember him? Yeah. Remember Paul Lind? Remember I do remember Paul Lind. Do you remember Edith Bunker from All in the Family? Do you remember Groucho? Do you remember Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther? Do you It's it's one of those things like... Do you remember remember George Mason? It's not legal. You can't just do Inspector Clouseau. That's not an impression, Ridge. I I just love somebody else's character. If I... uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. It's one of my favorite movies. My least favorite thing about it's a mad, 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 mad world is the title. Um, it's annoying to talk about that movie because it's such a long movie. Um, That's why I call it I A M M M M M W. Stanley Kramer, the director of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, said that his one regret of making that movie was that what there wasn't a fifth mad in the title. And I'm like, stop it. Honestly, I respect it. it. Honestly, I respect Um, it. uh, But part of, and it's a mad, 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 mad world works now because uh, in its bones, it is a very funny movie. There are setups, there are payoffs, there are jokes the there are hijinks, the stakes constantly are you know, like you don't have to know, you don't have to know who the actor playing Kong is to like be mesmerized by him like getting into a fist fight that literally destroys an entire gas like this like his fist fight like <laughs> levels a gas station and you don't have to know who any of the performers are in order to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Now there is like you know, there's little like little eh, little Easter eggs. There's little things like there's a big fire and the camera pans over and the three firefighters that are in the foreground are the three stooges. And if you know who the three stooges are, you go, ah, there are things like that in and it's a mad, 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 mad world. But if you don't know who any of these people are, if you're not Kevin Lanigan, if you're mm-hmm. not. RJ City, uh, who like don't know who these like mid level celebrities. I do of, feel a spiritual or, connection to RJ City. Like if you don't <laughs> know people, like you can still enjoy. It's a mad, 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 yeah. mad world. Or like the any ritual, old or any Looney Tune, like the where rit- they bring up like a Peter yeah. Laurie impression. Yes, the rich little Christmas special is it's a mad, 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 mad world without all the jokes. All no. it is is like the character parade, but what's worse about it than that is like it's a character parade where it's all the same guy. Okay, so okay, here's the thing, Vern. I would have a slight disagreement. I think the jokes in this movie are they're not great, but they're there. They're like on paper. This is a they is exist. A, it's a serviceable comedic script and the and uh, Rich Little is quite good at his um impressions in terms he's of good at class. a few of the impressions he can, he can do it he, he do does it. he sounds like wc fields that's what wc yes. Fields sounds like the only joke they have for wc fields is, is this guy is an alcoholic yes. uh so so every scene involving wc fields he's like opening a different inanimate I, object and there's like that, a flask in there it, 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 although to be fair that was also wc fields only joke about himself 
Um, Fair enough. I don't know. You go watch. I don't know. He's, he's a funny in other stuff. He's a funny guy. Um, but but his yes. his delivery is baffling. I have never seen a comedy um, special move okay. this slowly between lukewarm jokes. It's 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 honestly um, incredible. So I I did not rewatch this special for this year, but I have seen it. I would never ask you boys to watch this without my having also watched it. Okay, I must also. <laughs> Be punished for my own crime. You know what I mean? You're blooded in. I watched it of my own volition last year when I was sick on Christmas and I watched a bunch (laughs) of fucking Christmas Christmas specials. And this, it's awful. It's bad. And guess what? He did it again, but with Robin Hood. He made another special like this with the story of Robin Hood where Groucho Marx is Robin of Loxley. Um, Oh my God. Yeah, I didn't watch that. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't seen it. Um, I, I hate Rich Little, uh, and I hope he hears it. Um, I hope it's what kills him. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I mean, this did. But I did say before you boys watched this special that there was one really good puffin esque joke in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you picked up on what it was or I if think you I, agree. I I think is it what like okay, so folks, if you don't understand, this is the Christmas Carol. It's and yes. so the story is the Christmas Carol. We three have done this before. Yes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Because it's as the Kevin oldest, another thing that format in the world, right? As yeah. Kevin once said, uh it's kind of like Rule 30, Kevin didn't say this part, but it's kind of like Rule 34. I'm like, if media exists, they've done a Christmas Carol parody. Or 100%. Story. You can watch terrible, it's, unfunny Looney Tunes Christmas Carols. Like, everyone does a Christmas Carol. I never need to see another version of it for as never. long as never I Never again. It's almost I, a rite of passage. I get it. You know what? Like We did it twice. It we... <laughs> We did it twice because we did an actual Christmas Carol parody with our pup and stuff, but then we watched Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. On <laughs> oh, that's true. We did that's it fucking so twice. We're doing true. it a third time. We did it twice. We're Shit, doing I'm... it a third time. <laughs> it's I did. Tr- well, okay, so the puffin was the ghost of Christmas past. Ghosts of Girlfriend's past was Christmas present. And this is our Christmas yet. This is Christmas future. This is the thing that kills us. Yeah. Um, this, this makes me wish I was in a grave. But the, the joke that I legitimately got a laugh out of me that I remember a year later is Richard Dixon, Nixon, as yeah. Jacob Marley and the chains he forged yes! in life are the Watergate tapes. Yes! yes! <laughs> One of the funniest things I've ever conceived of in my entire life. That's a good, oh. that's a good joke. And that's a good, that like, uh, that's something like you could see happening like in The Simpsons. You know yeah. what I mean? On like Wait, a good comedy program. That's a, <laughs> a, but so much of this is just like, it remind it reminded me of two things. It reminded me of uh, the that space and time between. It reminded me of that space and time like before I went to film school, where I'm like becoming very interested in like how to tell stories visually, how to tell stories like with a video, how to tell stories with film. But, uh, and, and, and you guys, I know have experienced this where like 
people that don't want to make art for a living, people that don't want to like be like in a creative field for a living, they find like doing movie stuff, doing film stuff. They find that so exciting and so fun one time. And then they <laughs> never ever want to do it again. And then you find yourself just like, okay, well, I want to keep doing this. I'm still interested. What do I do? No one is interested. And so it's a trap that sometimes, you know, uh, that folks fall into where like they end up making, and this is all over fucking TikTok right now, where it's comedy where every single role is played by the same person in a different costume. Now, the Doug Walker approach. The Doug Walker approach. Now, me, like, there are things I've made that have like me in multiple roles. There uh, are more of them that are, uh, there's a lot of them that like, I, I, I got to editing. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I can't really, this sucks. We make more of them every year. I'm sorry uh, about that. This, this is very bad and I can't release this thing where like I'm playing all <laughs> of this. And so like seeing a comedy where one person's doing different impersonations playing every single role but not like vertically on TikTok and seeing it like in widescreen on film in the 1970s was just like wow I can't believe it Uh, I was thinking about that a lot and I was also thinking about this Uh, this year through no like I didn't try it just so happened I fell ass backwards into it uh, I did it yesterday and I'm doing it again tomorrow. Uh, working on a lot of productions, working on a lot of sets. And I don't know how it happened, but it happened. And uh, I, I've gained a respect for the, not that I didn't have respect, but I've gained a, a, a respect for like the technical side of filmmaking. It's hard work. It's fucking hard work being on set. Sure is. And uh, I was working on a thing earlier and i won't say what it was but i was working on a thing earlier and the actor he was the comic relief actor he had some funny lines and it was like not always super funny and there were there was trying to do some where they tried to add some stakes but this guy was the comic relief actor and they're doing rehearsals and they're doing run-throughs and the guy's doing his lines and he starts fishing you can tell like you can tell like this isn't enough. So he starts fishing and he starts doing his lines and the crew is doing like the polite laughs. It's the same thing that like when you work a shitty job and the district manager comes in and he makes like some like half ass joke and the <laughs> general manager acts like it's the funniest thing that he's ever heard in his entire life because he wants to get his job. He wants to keep his job and he wants to get his promotion. Mm-hmm. And I, like the thing that, saved me uh through watching this rich little christmas special is thinking about like how much fishing did rich little start doing when they were doing run-throughs when they were doing rehearsals how much fishing did he start doing to try to get the crew laugh how the how the how polite the laughs were at first and how laughs must have turned into full-blooded just like the same kind of laughing that you do when you're wearing a straight jacket and a powder <laughs> a, 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 a room. Uh, 
of just like he's still he's still fucking doing WC Fields. He's still doing it. <laughs> just like that kind of laughing when you're yeah, Joker fied like, laugh. Like that. Buddy, yeah. How much fishing was he doing? Fight. He was trying to fucking complete the town hall in Stardew Valley. You know, you're like on day like. God. When you're on day 13 of 12 hour days and Rich is still just like, well, uh, I'm I'm miserable. I'm a skin flint. I'm a cheapskate. And those are my good qualities. They do that joke twice. Three times, actually. Three times. Excuse me. Three times. (laughs) Because they invert it by looking at Fezziwig being, oh, he's generous. He's kind. He's loving. And those are his bad qualities. Yeah. It's so, yeah. Get it? Get it? Get it? This is before we invented jokes. Um, yeah. In an act of penance, I did attempt to watch another nice mess, which is Rich Little's uh, another TV movie of Rich Little's. Uh, another thing that he, has one funny joke in it. One funny joke <laughs> where he plays Richard Nixon. And some fucking guy plays Spiro Agnew, <laughs> but they don't talk or act like Richard Nixon and Spiro Agnew. They talk and act like Laurel and Hardy uh-huh. and go who on also a show up and Hardy, in the special. who also are the real Laurel and Hardy are spliced into the special at several occasions, just clips from various Laurel and Hardy projects. But also Richard Nixon is in a screening room watching this made up exactly the same way but rich little in the screening room is is talking like richard nixon and it's all directed by bob einstein who's like really good do another take bob I, I love bob einstein bob einstein sounds like he's in the process being cursed with old age. <laughs> he, he sounded like for the sins I committed in this life. Right, but he sounded like that for fifty years. R.I.P. Bob Einstein. God, no, genuinely, I love him. Rest in Oh yeah, he's great. Oh, he's great. He's a hilariously funny guy. He was just—it was his only directorial effort. Mm-hmm. And pass. You don't have. You didn't did. have. You didn't have your brother Albert's uh, gift. Now, I'm sorry. I don't know. And like. I will say to someone's credit, I will say to someone's credit that like doing a Laurel, Laurel and Hardy movie with the president and the vice president in the United States, like that is funny. Like that is a funny premise. Conceptually, yes. Like that's conceptually Conceptually, funny. But there is this thing and I, I don't know, maybe it's because I wasn't alive during the time, but I don't think it exists with any other person in media as much as it does with Nixon, where just like there's so much quote unquote comedy where the joke from the uh, from that era where the joke is like, oh, it's Nixon. Yeah. Futurama, uh, yeah, I, I think <laughs> Nixon I, for a long time. I think about like I have this uh, two CD set. Uh, it's a it's a it's a greatest hits compilation of Monty Python stuff. It's called uh, Monty Python, the final ripoff. Uh, ha 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 and like uh it's just a compilation of like all their audio stuff but there's a few spots in the in the cd where you can tell they're like okay we gotta stretch to make this like two cds (laughs) and there's this like barely audible 
live recording of them doing a show of them doing a sketch live like they're just them it's like them at the hollywood bowl them at drury, drury lane someplace like them doing yeah. thing and it's barely audible they're trying to record sketch comedy from the 1970s at a venue uh it's 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 barely audible you can t- barely tell what's going on except for two lines of dialogue <laughs> and that's John Cleese reading a newspaper saying, well, it looks like here, according to the newspaper, that Nixon's had an asshole transplant. Huge fucking laughs from the audience. And then the follow-up line, and it appears as though the assholes rejected him. Giant laugh. Just brought the fucking house down. And I don't understand, like, there's so much comedy from this era where, like, it's funny because it's Nixon, and I don't well, get it. I don't he, get I it. Think, I think, A, Nixon, well, Nixon was the first time that we had a president that everyone said, oh, he's a bad guy. Like Maybe. Th- like, th- th- he wasn't the first bad president, but he was the first one that we collectively were like, oh, he sucks. That, right, right. You know, because, like, everyone hated, everyone hated Lincoln when he was alive, actually. He was not very popular. And then just history kind of absolved him. Um, and yeah. kind of the opposite happened with Nixon. Nixon had like was relatively mixed, and then Watergate happened, mm-hmm. and history has dissolved him. And he's just kind of stayed there. Uh, and yeah, like a lot of the comedy of that time is like, oh, Nixon sucks. But like you have to, but Vern, I know you've seen That's My Bush, like <laughs> a show whose entire premise is this guy's president. But that's it's that's more of a parody of sitcoms than it is a parody of like I mean yes I, right, I get no, but the core joke is that no is that this is just man sucks this guy <laughs> sucks like that that's the whole crux of like you know Lil or how Bush. easily how easily believable it is if we put him in a 1950s sitcom that like he exactly. would be this idiot yeah well, I yeah same with like the president's show which was like what if Trump had a Pee Wee's Playhouse setup. <laughs> Nixon, I, I do. Th- I think Nixon exists in the same vein of Bush and Trump, of like President Bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like to an international degree, like everyone mm-hmm. just kind of locally understands. No, this guy sucks, and like this no one sucks. should respect him because he's not a respectable person compared to the way that like we talk about Kennedy or like Obama, um, or hell, even Bill Clinton. Like we kind of wrote off his sexual assault as like scampy as like scamp mischief for to, a disconcerting length of time to, to quote my uh my uh my general psychology uh instructor at john a logan college you know i think history is going to be pretty kind to bill clinton i think we can all agree that he's uh you know he's a rascal that's what he said about Clinton. but i i, I do think that like Nixon is the first like public awareness of us understanding that the president does crimes like mm-hmm. crimes are in fact kind of part of the job and we don't <laughs> want to act like it but no there is a certain amount of criminality to the to the American presidency and Nixon just embodied that embodies it to a greater degree than really anyone else before or since. 
Yeah, I mean, there's also this thing, this is an idea I've kind of been noodling for a while, where it feels like in many ways, there was a point in the early 20th century when history rebooted. Like, we, and things just kind of reset, and we reset on things like gender, we reset on things like the president doesn't do crimes. I don't know when exactly this occurred. Heard, uh, perhaps you know uh, uh, a roaring 20s or something etc but like there's something that happened especially when i guess like it became very easily easy to proliferate news and ideas quickly mm-hmm. and so like it kind of felt like we were rebooting things all over again like we we had to relearn that the president does crimes we had to we had to relearn that like there's more than two genders um and and there have been minor resets along the way where like just for instance there's a lot of like 70s movies and tv shows that you can watch that have like a really generous beautiful perspective on transsexuality and mm-hmm. uh and and the transgender community and then in the 80s this rebooted and we had to start over um but like there's an episode of fucking all in the family about like a trans person and it's like tasteful <laughs> and well done yeah and like th- which would be impossible and unthinkable in the 80s you know we we reset on that but it does yeah. feel like for some reason in the 70s we had like forgotten that the president does crimes cuz like Oh, we had FDR. Oh, we had JFK. Mm-hmm. You know, like we had a few guys with three initials. Who, you know what like, I think? Not it's that. It's especially rich for JFK considering that like his dad was very likely a very connected gangster himself. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But it was easier to ignore than than the Watergate tapes that shackled mm. Nixon uh, in, in this life and the next. And I think Kevin, like, at, like not that I don't. I don't think Barack Obama is a saint by any means. I think he's uh, also like a bad president, but for a, you know, for when after whistleblowers harder than any other president before. Yes. uh, But for eight years, like he was depicted very favorably. Um, I mean, and it was, I think a lot of it too was like, well, he's not George W. Bush. Yep. And so uh, I think that. Except except we like Bush now, or at least we like Bush. Well, and yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, I don't, but... Uh, Not me personally. Yeah, Couldn't it be me. Uh, we are kinder to him uh, as a nation than we should be. Like, history yeah. is kinder to him than we should be. And I think, uh, I, I think uh, uh, Kevin, like what you're... Justin, Kevin, Justin, like what you're saying is, is correct in that, like, uh, after Obama, we forgot that a president could be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that he was a good president, but you know, it's just, no, I get you. I, yeah. I, I understand exactly what, what you mean. There was a quote unquote respectability mm-hmm. to, yes. to Barack Obama that, uh, the presidents on either side of him uh, lacked to a certain mm-hmm. degree, uh, mm-hmm. depending on, depending on who you were, mm-hmm. or at least there was a, there was a tact <laughs> to Barack Obama's war crimes that made them go down more smoothly, mm-hmm. which is why, like, I and think. Like, I'm not trying to get on a political high horse, but like, I really think that was the primary motivation behind like putting like a Biden in the white house. Mm-hmm. Not like this person is going to fundamentally make our world better, but like just trying to bring some sort of level of just like respectability 
to the like it's i i think a lot of that was like trying to rehab the image of a president mm-hmm. more so than it was like let's get a good president in well yeah i it's i although i'd argue it's less like something respectability if you wanted respectable you they would have you could have gone with like pete Buttigieg, who oh, feels no i no but i'm serious <laughs> His main thing going for him is that he's a nice young man. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a respectable young man. He went to the he went to good college. He became a troop after going to good college. Don't this look into what true. he did. Yeah. When he was a troop. Don't look into it. It's not important. What's important <laughs> is he was a troop. And he's a gay, but he's a nice gay. He's not a loud, colorful gay. He's a respectable gay. He was Mayor Pete. Um, yeah, he was Mayor Pete. Yeah. Um Bringing Joe, putting Joe in the presidency is like bringing Hugh Jackman back for Deadpool 3. He's a name, he's a name you know, we joke about him bringing back, bringing him back because we thought we didn't need it, but fuck, we do need Joe in this in order to, in order to have a president again, so alright, fuck it, put Joe in there. I told him I'd only play Wolverine one more time. <laughs> All right, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, uh, and like, well, and boy, we we thought Kamala she she'd be able to carry her franchise. Boy, I don't know if that's a big risk, <laughs> as big a risk anymore. No one's excited for Echo coming we've, to Disney Plus. We've we've taken a long, we've taken the scenic route, but uh, I don't know. It's just like I think two part of it is like us three are comedy dorks we love comedy we love like the history of comedy and there's like i don't know i don't know about you guys but like i know me personally like i'm looking for the next like funny thing like the same way that like like a junkie looks for a fix yes you know what i mean like i just i i'm constantly looking for something that just like will fucking slay me. And whenever I find those things, whenever I find things like Walk Hard, the Dewey Cog story, whenever I find things like, you know, the first Anchorman, whatever it might be, you know, that, you know, what uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail was this way. Whenever I found it for the first time, like whenever I can find things that just like fucking slay me, like everything is harmonious in the universe. Mm-hmm. And, but whenever you're finding something that like, does not scratch the itch like it doesn't you know it doesn't do the it doesn't do the same thing and i just think that like nixon comedy from the 1970s from a bad impressionist with a christmas uh with a christmas spice on top of it just uh it, this it, this it movie good in my craving my searching for a fix this, this special this special like and I, I don't mean that like low like triggered me not in the like the bad not in the like traumatic response but just in the like triggered and like automatic like body reaction to it the mm-hmm. way that like a dog barks at a terminator i'm like <laughs> i'm saying ah, ah ah these this 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 figure bears the guise of comedians that i love that have made me laugh on many occasion but he's saying it and he sounds kind of like it but he's saying it wrong the diction and delivery is all wrong and none of it is making me laugh threat threat bad man get away from him <laughs> threat threat bad man indeed threat threat bad man oh, indeed God. and that is the true meaning of christmas that that's that's what it's all about it? that's why we hang the holly that's, that's why yeah. we do the jolly is because rich little Kind of sounds a little bit like Edith Bunker. 
no, no, he didn't. That was no, he didn't. It was, worst. it was dire. It was off. It was so uh, I it took say his... me like halfway through his impression to realize he was doing a Steve Martin. Oh, oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I will say his Paul End is not bad. I like. I didn't mind his no, Paul End. No, but it would have been nice if they wrote him jokes instead of writing the screen direction. Paul does a gay thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a trap that I fell into on an episode of Puffin where I was trying to do Paul End and I realized I didn't have any jokes, so I just like. I... Paul Lynn into, fell just, into that trap too. There's, I, no, yeah. there's nothing and to it's beat like, yourself up about. There's like there's like mortal Circle sins. Gets I've, the square. There's mortal uh, sins I've committed on audio, and like one of one of the things I regret the most is Oscar Wilde, uh, <laughs> and it's something I just like uh, so just like uh, ashamed and regretful mm-hmm. of. But like there's you know uh, his Paul Lynn is not bad. Uh, I think like whoever it was that was in the Johnny Carson role, like him walking in and doing a monologue is a very funny premise. I don't think any of the jokes were funny, but like to have the Johnny Carson role, like come in and like, uh, you hear about this? Like, I thought that was funny. Uh, uh, there, there were like, I'm, we're being meaner to the rich little special than perhaps we should be, but not too much meaner. I don't uh, know. I, don't know. I, I thought this was like genuinely bad. And I think if your comedic career is built on you doing worse versions of more successful comedians, yeah. you shouldn't be a comedian. Yeah. You should be a dentist or something. <laughs> like you're in the wrong career. <laughs> Sound off in the comments below. What's your favorite rich little person? <laughs> <laughs> All you, all you listeners who definitely yeah. know who Rich Little is and his but, famous cadre of characters, you know, I was, this Mike Huckabee loves our show. He hates was, our politics, but he loves our show. You know, I was thinking about uh, impersonations, and I was thinking about like what makes a good impersonation and what makes a bad impersonation, and I was thinking about. Uh, I was thinking about like, you know, the, sometimes you, you, you see someone and you go, Oh, that's the voice that comes out of their mouth. And sometimes you, you see someone and you go, Oh, uh, that's the voice that comes out of their mouth. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about those things. And I was also thinking about before, uh, in preparation for this special, I was thinking about, Oh, uh, Justin wants us to watch Ziggy's gift. I wonder what his voice sounds like. And of course, I didn't find out. But uh, all this got uh, got uh, underneath my skin and got in my brain. And it made me wonder, gentlemen, Justin, Kevin, mm-hmm. how would you boys like to have yourself a rich little Christmas? This is a game that I've invented. Oh my god, I forgot that we're in prep the game. Oh my god, I totally fucking oh, forgot. Oh, uh, play uh, Tijuana Brass, uh, Spanish Flea, uh, play, play game show music. Justin and Kevin. Oh my god. I'm going to present you each with one character from a newspaper comic strip. Okay. And you, my friends, have to determine... What does their voice sound like? I love it. We've love got it. three rounds, okay. uh, and, and the rounds get harder and harder in difficulty. Uh-huh. We have three rounds. You are allowed one lifeline. 
Uh, but keep in mind that these do get more difficult as they go on. Okay. You're allowed a lifeline. If at any point you would like to go and get the paper, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> and uh, going and get the paper is Google image searching this person and trying to find a strip in which they have dialogue <laughs> wrapped out around those words. You caught me with Google images already open. <laughs> you caught me in 4K, Vern Tooley. I, I saw you go reach for your monitor. You're allowed to do this once. I obviously can't police you because I'm not in the... Uh, I can't so even I, see So I have Justin. a question. I'm yes. sorry. Uh, when you say what do they sound like, are we trying to come up with a voice? Are we yes. trying to – okay, so you, Justin and I will be creating cartoon characters. This is yes. our voice oh, actor. Oh, okay, actor. okay. We're yes. doing – all right. So, all we right, know we're, what we're, we're Garfield sounds like. We know what Heathcliff sound like. Yeah, but I was – Speak for yourself. Like, but I was just like, man, you know, you know, you, there's been plenty of Garfield specials. There's There's a Garfield voice. Uh, there's plenty of episodes of the Dilbert cartoon. There's a Dilbert voice, but there's, there's a, a voice. but you know, there's a, some of these folks that I just wonder like, what would they sound like? And, uh, I say this to both of both of you, but this is mostly for Kevin. Uh, I didn't know Ziggy had a holiday special. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to assume that these guys also didn't have some sort of special. If I knew they had a special, I didn't put them in the pile, of course. but, uh, but if if I present something to Justin and he knows from their special what they sound like, I'm sorry, Kevin. It's okay. But, uh, but I it's figured okay. what I would do is I would give Justin his, give Kevin his, and the other would be like, we would, the other and me would determine, does that sound like this person or not? Who wants to go first? I'll, I'll take first. it. Oh, oh okay. shit. Oh, oh shit. Oh. I looks like we're at a mid. We're, looks like we're at a midwestern standoff. I heard the door for each other. Oh, I oh, heard oh, Justin oh, first, oh. and if you guys want, I do have pictures of these characters uh, that I'll be putting up in the in the chat that we share. Great. Okay. But I but I have these guys, and uh, we're gonna have just. Ju I heard Justin first. Justin, round one. All right. What does Kathy sound like? Ooh. Cat <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for picking that picture, Vern. <laughs> oh, God. Justin, do you know from Kathy's, Kathy's famous catchphrase? Right. No, I, I, I am familiar with it. It's just what goes with it is that I'm, 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 course, I'm desperately course. grasping for. Um, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck did you even do? Uh... Business, business, post office, uh, uh, pick up the kids, uh, go on a date. Ack! <laughs> Does Justin get the point, Kevin? Go, go to my friends, have a wine, have a chocolate. Ack! <laughs> <laughs> I get to decide if my opponent gets a point. Do you do you think that sounds like Kathy in your heart of hearts? Do <laughs> I don't. Like I Kathy? don't think that sounds <laughs> like Kathy. No, it is generously me in a Kathy wig. <laughs> <laughs> Just screaming at. I don't know. I heard Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I mean, if if I'm gonna break the tie here, I thought I sounded like Kathy. Uh, well, of course, Justin. of course, you thought you sounded like it. Justin, I think you sounded like Kathy. Where Dang. Justin gets. Just to get the point, and uh, just so you guys know, this this is for absolutely nothing. There's nothing. Uh -huh. Kevin, up and the points don't matter. Yes. 
Uh, I think that means it's your turn. Kevin, are you ready for your round one? Born ready, baby. Born ready. Kevin, what does Jeremy from Zitz sound like? Uh, Mom, you just don't understand. Mom, I have Zitz. Mom, no, please. (laughs) No, please, Mom. Stay out of my room, okay? I have Zitz in here. I'm zitting in here, Mom. (laughs) Don't bother me when I'm zitting. What do you think, Just? That sounds... That sounds pretty zitty to me. I thought that sounded like I thought that sounded like I, Jeremy. For the record, Vern, Vern, do you mind giving us a little reference on what their actual voices are? Like who played them? No, they're they don't have voices. They're, they're comic, oh. comic strips. They're just comic no, they're, strips. No, there was a Kathy uh, special TV. Special. Okay, so this is why I put that. Uh, I think literally all of these characters will have had an animated special sometime no. in the 1980s. Um, with the assumption that we haven't heard them. With the, with the assumption that we haven't Vern, Kathleen Wilhoyt played Kathy. Oh, Kathleen of course, Wilhoyt. and I know who Catherine Wilhoyt is, of course. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what Kathy sounds like. I don't know what Jeremy from Zit sounds like. I just, I didn't know what Ziggy sounded like, and it was just fun to walk around the this is the place heritage park in utah no, imagining it. what ziggy sounded like i love it uh let's oh, go she on, was around. on she was on twin peaks <laughs> let's go let's go to round two justin yes please i gotta ask you buddy all right what does sluggo from nancy sound like <laughs> <laughs> who who i oh, oh i know this guy justin, I, I, sluggo I this is guy. lit Justin. Sluggo, I love, I love Sluggo. Well, right, see, I'm, I'm eight years old. I love a plug nickel. I love an ice, I love an ice cream sundae. I love a kid-sized beer, right? I love, I love kicking a can down the street. I love uh, eating a whole steak for a little boy, right? Oh, I hate going to school. I love fishing. I, I, all I love is uh, fishing out of a watering hole. The watering hole, it's pennies at the park. In their fountain, I'm fishing for pennies, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Kevin? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's... it's I, I thought I was listening to I think it's pretty good Sluggo. I thought I was Sluggo on the call. Did Sluggo log on? No, I hate games. You're giving me cooties, and I can't afford to go to no doctor. I think I was listening to Sluggo. So I'm going to give you a point, Justin. <laughs> Kevin, are you ready for yours? You got Sluggo on the horn. <laughs> you got Sluggo from, from the Bowery online, too. Sluggo, let me hear you. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Vern. Kev, I got to ask you. Mm-hmm. What does this funny-looking kid from the far side sound like? <laughs> Jake, for like, the yep, folks Jake, listening yep, at home, it's for the, the folks listening kid. at home, he's the uh, the kid that showed up a lot. He's big. He wears a red and white striped shirt. He's chubby. He's got a flat top. He looks like baby. Uh, he uh, not to tilt my head. He's kind of he a pugsley like looking kid. He looks pugsley ass. A little pugsley. A little baby Hank Hill. What does this kid from the far side sound like? <laughs> I think. I sound something in this network. I think um, I'm working on a model trade that I think will be really good. I'm building it entirely with cow tools. Uh, I, I'm doing it as 
as the ancient bovines would have, and uh, I think I think uh, the the bovabatamians, and uh, you know, I I am I'm working. It's it's to hold my collectible trading cards. I'm collecting the honeycomb collectible trading cards. They're all of the honeycomb free, <laughs> and and it's going proudly on my wall. What do you think, Just? I uh, that's. Boy, it sounds a lot like that one kid from Far Side. If I, I think ever it sounds, knew it. That I think that sounds like that one kid from the Far Side. Kev gets the point. <laughs> We're entering our final round and oh, what's this? What's this? Oh my goodness, we're recording on a Sunday. It's a Sunday delivery. That's right. It's the one panel. I'm oh. going to show you two comic strip characters having a dialogue and you guys have to come up with what each character sounds like. All right. Do uh, we do we each get a dialogue or we are one participant each, in the dialogue? You're one participant in the dialogue. Understood. Understood. And what is in the Sunday paper? Uh, but what is in the Sunday paper? But and it would help if I clicked the right thing. What is help? <laughs> is on, what is in, in our Sunday paper? But an issue of Beetle Bailey. Oh, of course. I mean, Kevin, Justin. I think I, 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 know I, 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 I got first. this. Oh. I got this. Star. Star Spiral exclamation point. <laughs> Asterix ampersand has tag pound sign. <laughs> Star Ooh, out with the Quirlier. Sarge, you gotta let me off easy. I've been in the army for 50 years. <laughs> I've served in every major world war, Sarge. Beetle, was... we're gonna win. Beetle Bailey, we're gonna win the Korean War in the year 2023 if it kills me. <laughs> Sarge, Get dog on, you're on site! Sarge, we're here in the DMZ. We're fighting both Koreas at the same time. I think that sounded... That's exactly who I wanted each one of you guys to portray. <laughs> was, come on. You should, the, the image you showed, I mean, it, it spoke for itself. It really, like, it needed no... It needed no addressing who should Vern, play who. Vern, I'm a big guy who yells in real life. <laughs> All right, folks, we're on our final round, and this is where things get a little bit more difficult. Wow. Justin, are you ready? All right, give it to me. Justin, I got to ask you. This is a very important question. Justin? Uh, yeah. What does Sally Forth sound like? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sally Forth. <laughs> That's like some. That's like getting a text from like your first girlfriend from high school, and you're like, "What? What? Sally Forth? <laughs> Sally Forth is in the rich little zone of Sunday. Like, who the fuck? Remember? Why is Sally Forth commenting on COVID nineteen? Who's reading Sally Forth? For the you know what? Listeners at home, the the image I uh, the only image right. I could find right. of Sally Forth by herself is one her of her talking about COVID nineteen. That's the thing about Sally Forth; she's never alone. You know, she's always surrounded by her cadre of lovers and friends. You That's know how what? Popular Sally Forth is. All right, I'm I'm just gonna be straight with you. You gotta stay safe. Gotta stay healthy. Gotta protect yourself from COVID nineteen. Remember, no, remember. Hey, hey, listen. 
Clean your hands off it. <laughs> you got to avoid close contact. And don't, and remember, remember, stay home if you're sick. And cover coughs and sneezes. Oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, I see you're going, but hold on real quick. Wear a face mask if you're sick. And make sure to clean and disinfect. Probably the mask. Oh, and thank you. You can you can get more info at cdc.gov. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sally Forth. Bye-bye. That's my homepage, cdc.gov. I I think it sounded like. What do you think, Kev? <laughs> uh, you know, it could go either way, but I'm leaning Sally could Forth. Go way. Well, let's find out. She seems like a nice woman. She seems like a nice lady. Seems like a nice Kevin, lady. Uh, are you ready for your third round? Your final round? Of course. Your final round pick. And again, these get more difficult as they go on. Kevin. They sure, they sure do. If you've got Sally Forth, what the fuck is on the other side of this? Kevin, I, I, gotta <laughs> ask you. I gotta ask you, Kevin. What does Mike Doonesbury say? <laughs> Yay! Oh! Oh my god! I can't believe I'm... Oh. <laughs> Kevin, I am so fucking jealous. I'm so <laughs> jealous. You got the dudes buried. God damn it. Okay, I am going to going to going to check the paper. You're gonna get the paper. Kevin's I'm gonna going go. To I need to feel Mike Doonesbury's voice. And for while well, Kevin checks the paper, I just want to let everyone listening in that these were selected based on how funny I thought it would be each of my friends doing their voices. <laughs> I couldn't. I'm sorry, Kevin. I thought Justin would be a funnier Sally Forth than you. I know. Even though, like, you know, Sally Forth really in my in my <laughs> wheelhouse, a meek white woman. Yeah, can can I can I hear your Sally Forth, Kevin? Uh yes, well, I I just think everyone should uh, go to cdc.gov. I mean, it's not, <laughs> if it's not too much trouble, if it's not, you know, if you wanna if you wanna stop by cdc.gov, everyone wear a mask, please. Wear wear a mask. Um yeah. Uh, so that would be my Sally Forth. Oh, that also sounded like that's Sally really Forth. good, Kevin. Thank you, thank you. Again, the meek white woman. I don't know what it mm -hmm. is, but uh, mm -hmm. when she comes out of me. So Kevin is checking the paper. Checking the paper. Checking the paper. He's folding. He's past the sports. He's past <laughs> the politics. Uh, he's he's really getting through all the back pages. Yeah, I'm in section E. I'm checking entertainment news. Sometimes it's on the back of the entertainment section. Sometimes it's his own section, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing about Mike Doonesbury that I always love is that he has a, a nose that protrudes horizontally out of the front of his face and his glasses sit beneath his nose. <laughs> <laughs> As if they are a sort of piercing. A, uh, a, a kind of reverse pince-nez. <laughs> wow. Reverse pince-nez. Wow. Oh, they boy, the funny, under the nose. funny pages really, really not returning a lot of Mike Doonesbury information. <laughs> not, not, not a strong authorial voice coming out of Mike Doonesbury. No, Mike Doonesbury, kind of a, kind of a wet fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I simply, uh, I, I must. Uh, I'm, uh, I, you know, I think um, we we need to progress. I, I used to be something of a radical in in my old days, but uh, as as things often do, age uh, uh, changes a man, mellows a man out, and uh, it's it. You know, I we all used to be wild and crazy. Your dad used to be a crazy guy back back in the day. You know, I I, 
I smoked a little reefer in my time, but uh, you know, it's those days they're they're behind me. I have a mortgage now. I have a mortgage, and uh, those with mortgages don't smoke weed. Wow, Justin, what do you think, buddy? That sounds. I, I feel like I'm sitting in the room with Mike Dernsbury right now. Yeah, I. Yeah, there is there is a time in this call where I thought Mike Doonesbury and Sluggo were in the room with me, uh, which means what would, what would them talking sound like, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> the Sluggo and Mike Doonesbury, what are they talking about? Yeah, what, uh, well, what do they have in common? <laughs> young, young Sluggo, you know, I uh, respect you. I think you have a, a bright future ahead of you. I just need you to straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and fly right. I'd rather be tying flies to my fishing pole, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, you're a young fisherman. You know, uh, I've, I've frequented a bait shop or two back in back in my day. But uh, you got to be careful fishing in a public park. You know, uh, it's um, you might accidentally hook, you know, a nearby jogger. Uh, you don't want to hook a jogger. <laughs> Hooking joggers. Yeah, yeah, I give joggers the hook. A left hook and a right hook. Yeah. Wow. You can't solve all your problems with They are here in the room with us, folks. You're hearing through the magic of an audio medium. You're hearing your favorite comic strip characters. Sluggo from Nancy and Mike Doonesbury from Doonesbury in a conversation. This is something that only an audio medium can do. This is you should you're really blessed. Yeah, no, the, these two characters cannot come alive in on the on the printed page. They only truly live in like pure audio. They do, they do. Well, folks, uh Merry uh, Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. I uh, I will say that we have a tie. Uh and uh dear listener, if you would like to be the the tiebreaker. I have one for both Justin and Kevin. You're both each going to okay. to give us your take on this character. And dear listener, if you've made it two and a half hours into us talking about children, <laughs> my, my good God, Ziggy and Rich Little, you can be the side. You've earned it, Kevin yeah. and Justin. Earned it. Merry can, Christmas if, to you. If you want to go in the Justin Kevin order that we've been going in, you each get. A chance at this or if you want to flip a coin however you want this to do this but i need to know what does the wizard of id sound like <laughs> oh, boy okay the wizard of id the wizard of id. okay I night for the fine night. I night for the fine night. I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit, and on that slitted sheet I sit. Burn is gay. Burn (laughs) is gay. Tim Burton. Burton. Tim Burton Burton. does not cast (laughs) black people in his his films. films. Tim Burton. Well, you no, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I generated it in at like the same time. 
Gadzooks, another of my fiendish creations. I, the wizard of it, have once again drawn up a cunning potion, a soothing elixir, here in the Sunday Funnies. <laughs> uh, Justin? Oh, well, you know, it seems like I've just invented a, uh, the elixir of life or the philosopher's stone, but no, sir, it's just it's a drain cleaner. I've been clipping my beard over the kitchen sink today because I clogged the bathroom sink. It's a completely different scenario, but I'm really glad I was able to uh, get this all cleared out. You know, the princess, oh, she's really on my case. She, she, she's the other wizard of it. But, you know, we're, we're co-wizards, and, you know, we've been married for a very long time, and I really do love her very much. So, excuse me, I'm going to pull this right out of the sink so I continue to my beer in the kitchen. I can't do it in the bathroom anymore. The beer gives me anxiety. It triggers my fight or flight, you see. I'm, I'm triggered up for frightened by my own self, you see, and I try to push the beer, and I, we can't afford any more beer. It's, it's, it's the economy. It's just not the same <laughs> like it used to be. So, you know, I'm glad I get to go back to trimming my beer because I can't afford a barber. No, sir, the economy today, no, sir, I can't afford no barber. I have to keep my beard myself in the kitchen, you see, because I broke the beer in the bathroom because I thought it was another man. Hey, I'm, my wife's allowed to be the other wizard of it, but there can be three wizards of it. Oh, no, sir, that's far too many. There can only be two wizards of it. That's enough for me. Yes, yes, I do appear to have invented wind. <laughs> uh, so sparkling, so clean. It sounds to me like both of you guys have had long gestating wizard of it. <laughs> Just, to... just emerging from me like a chest burst. Folks at home, I think uh, this is up to you to decide who who had the best Wizard of Biz. I think it's up to you guys at home to break the tie in. You know, during the holiday season, if the hustle and bustle of all the shopping and all the stuff is getting way too much to you, you can sit down in the coziness of your home with your family. You can open up the newspaper, flip over to the funny pages. And you yourself can have yourself a rich little Christmas. Have yourself a rich little Christmas. I wanted to do a song, but I realized that syncing my my vocals to a karaoke track on my computer, <laughs> Kevin would kill me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would that would be that would be bad. But if you want to record it and send it to me later, <laughs> that is an option that is available to you as long as you. That's on it. the book. Sing part it. of the the I, I thought There's about it, but I think part of the uh, the joy of doing a song parody is uh, hearing your guys' reactions to it. That's true. Happened. That's uh -huh. true. Thank you guys for playing my game. I'm sorry if it wasn't oh, very I, fun. I was, a, no, I was laughing was very game. hard thinking about it. When I, I had a fun time playing the game. We got to cover another uh, comic strip film so we can uh, dig back into this well. <laughs> so many great, wonderful characters to, to choose mm -hmm. from, from, from the Sunday funnies, from the Sunday uh, paper. Not, not going to show my hand too early, but that I'm planning on doing that sometime next year. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Look at it. It's like a Heathcliff animated special. Where we talk like this, see? The Mayhorese. Kevin, you got to save this for the no, next No, 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 that's Top Cat. Oh, was that Top Cat? Yeah. The Maharaja, uh, the Bukaji. You guys got to save this for the next time we have a rich of little Of course, Christmas. of course. How dare I? How dare I? How dare I? <laughs> right. Um, well, we've, 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 uh, boy, really recorded some, some audio this, this week, uh, really just absolutely laid down some track. 
Um, but I guess it's my it's my it's my it's my duty. It's my opportunity to tell you what we're doing next time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. How we are starting off the new year. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's a that's a that's a I'll be honest. You know, there's like a there's a few triggers that I've been waiting to pull oh. on this show. Oh, oh, and I can't decide. I'm having trouble deciding what what it's the right time for. Mm. But I but I think I think it has happened in such a way that it might be time for. Oh jeez. Not 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 since Peter Griffin was added to Fortnite. Have two great properties been brought together? Oh. Have two forces been united? I'm so I'm on the I'm literally on the edge of my seat. I have no idea what this is building to. Uh, no, I'm changing my mind. I'm sorry. I'm changing my mind. Oh, oh, oh. Changing oh, screens oh. is happening right now. Why? Calling an audible. I'm throwing it off. Oh, this is oh. one that I've been talking about for a while. I'll save the other thing for another time. I would like to start out the year 2024 talking about the the great, uh, an incredible piece of anti-corporate art made oh. by one of the most corporate artists Oh. Of all time. Oh. Streaming as of right now on Tubi.tv. <laughs> of course. Yay. And available for free on YouTube as of right now. Oh. I want us to talk. It, it, this is this is my penance for making you watch Rich Little's A Christmas Carol and an abomination to art. I want to redeem myself in the eyes of my beloved co-hosts, some of my good friends who would be in my wedding party if I got married. I want us to watch the Monkeys film Head. Oh, fuck yes. We are going to watch Bob Rafelson's Head, starring the Monkeys, co-written by Jack Nicholson. Yes. What? <laughs> Yes. We yes. Are watching head. Fuck yes. Yes. It's time. Yes. yes. I'm oh, so I've been stoked. I've been thinking about this movie for over a year since I first saw it. Head. It's head time, baby. It's head time, baby. It's head time. Let's... In January, we're giving you head. Giving oh. you head. I love it's getting time. head at the start of the year. A a movie called head literally because they thought if it were successful they could put in the advertisements from the people who gave you head <laughs> and that in is, some ways it was successful and in other ways story. it was not but i think it's a unique and beautiful and insane piece of art and god damn it i just want to watch it to be quite I'm, frankly with i'm you. into it that's, that's allowed it's allowed listen to it i'm stoked have, I haven't listened to the monkeys, but by all accounts, they sound like they're for babies. <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> yeah, Justin, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, the the sl- with you're gonna strap me down and put me through monkeys, the Ludovico is... technique to listen to the 
Beatles, then the monkeys, so I get the reference. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, I legitimately think you would enjoy the monkeys television show. Yeah. I think that would be some Justin. <laughs> it's all it's all on archive.org. Ooh, my favorite streaming channel. Uh, <laughs> anti at Auntie Griselda on uh, Instagram taught me that. So Thank you, Auntie Griselda. Thank you, Andrew Griselda. And thank you, Mickey Dolenz, uh, Davy Jones. Uh, yeah, so we're we're going to be talking about head. Fuck uh, yes. It's, I'm it's, so excited to ring in the new year with some head. We're eating good in the neighborhood. We're baby. eating good. Uh, yes. So thank you if you're a listener who uh, has gotten this far in, in this show. Uh, God bless you. It's going to be uh, we got great things to look forward to in the year 2024. Keep your eyes open. Keep can I do open. a can I do a little plug? Yes, uh, folks, uh, if you guys like listening to me talk about movies, you might like me. You know, I like reading what I have to say about movies. Uh, my wife, who's a pharmacist who has to save lives, uh, who has to uh, help people live strong, healthy lives. Uh, she's working Christmas Day. She's going to be at the pharmacy for 10 hours. I'm going to be – if I find for some sad reason I'm alone this Christmas season, it's because my wife's working. So what better time for me than Christmas Day to watch – the complete Godfather epic, the six-hour chronological wow. cut of The Godfather. Ooh. So uh, if you guys are uh, interested in what I have to say, follow me on Letterboxd sometime after Christmas Day because I'm going to write my review of the six-hour chronological cut of The Godfather and why I chose that particular cut. I... Look forward to that greatly. I can't wait to <laughs> Likewise. the novel length post you you create. To, <laughs> to I'm not I'm not kidding. I look forward it, to it. It's going to I I uh, I've already got part of it written without having seen the six Ooh. hour chronological. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, you so. got it all banked up. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> so exciting. Yeah, rock and uh, roll. But the um, other plug I have is, folks. Uh, I want y'all to have a happy holiday season. You are not. Oh, yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Diwali. Merry Christmas. All and more. Please just. You deserve a good one this year. (laughs) From our family, which includes rich little Joe Para and Ziggy to yours. (laughs) <laughs> no, come on, bring him on the stage. Bring him on the stage. Come on, we're, we're come on, everybody. Ziggy, everybody. Uh, the cast, Mike Doonesbury, Mike Doonesbury, everybody, Mike just come up on stage. Let's hear it for you. Yeah, everyone, come on up. Sonic, uh, Sonic Scoob, yeah, Scoob, Mario, Artemis Fowl, even Donkey you. Skin. We we tried. I tried inviting Artemis Fowl, but I just could not find his place of residence anymore. <laughs> Just, we don't know where he lives. He just what vanished off the face of the uh, Dinotopia guys. Oh. You all come in here. Zippo's gotta be up here. Dinotopia. Everyone come up on here. Take a bow. You've all you've all earned it. Have a happy holidays. <laughs> have a happy have a happy holidays. Long neck talking dinosaur from Dinotopia. <laughs> uh, have a happy holiday season. 
Happy uh, holidays, uh, old man owl from the Sonic OVA. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> old man owl, I miss you. Uh, long claw. <laughs> Happy Christmas, long claw. Uh, you know what? I'll see you in the new year, long claw. <laughs> Uh, Lupin, Lupin, I hope you have a good oh, holiday my. season. Stay out of trouble. Stay out of yeah. trouble. Yeah, if he knows how. If you know how. Mr. Fox. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Zim. Yes, Mr. and Mrs. Zim have a happy holiday. Uh, Star Kid. The Spice uh, Girls. Oh, I do hope they have a happy holiday. It, that one's real. It. That one's real. I hope the Spice Girls have a happy holiday. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Coolidge from Gentleman Broncos. Merry, yes. Merry holidays. Uh huh. Uh, Steve Crowder Toad. <laughs> the conservative splinter. Justin's Kathy. Uh, all you guys, everyone out there in Radio Land, I hope you have a wonderful, happy holiday season. And to all the ships at sea, <laughs> happy holidays. Oh, what's that? Mistletoe? Bottom.